This is Keith Stan from Pike Spearing Outdoors, and you're listening to the Terrible Outdoorsman Podcast. We're probably going to mess up. We're going to cuss here and there. If I'm not catching anything, I might as well not be catching a muskie. Becky Rick. We got weights and fish. Danny Irvin with Fishing Complete. You're listening to the Terrible Outdoorsman Podcast. Mr. Green Jeans. That's a humble bumble. Hi, this is Spencer Berman from Spencer's Angling Adventures, and you're listening to the Terrible Outdoorsman Podcast. Snort. Welcome to the Terrible Outdoorsman Podcast. Got Ryan Collin, your host. Bob Collin, yo, 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 what up for show? <laughs> and Daniel's son's back in the house. Back. Back. We, we let you back after you uh, deserted us for a month. I did. Left us with Jimmy's ass. Yeah, I. Uh, well, that's what ruined it. The last episode I just did just with Jimmy, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore, man. No, wasn't the last episode you did when he uh, broke glass? We're gonna keep talking about this. No, they went to they went to the one. <laughs> yeah, we went and helped oh, him yeah, to that's right. the base. That's right. But the last one here was the one that he. Yeah, that was yeah, the last he, one I did. He broke glass. I like how he admitted it. He's like, "Yeah, that was a pretty yeah. shitty excuse." <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, he he owned up to it. But whatever. We started like the last four episodes about this shit. We got to change them. So, for real, like I, I was on a rant about it for like a week, yeah. and then I kind of let it go. I'm like, all right, whatever, yeah. it's done. We'll it's move done. on. We'll but move we've forward. been talking about it for a month. Yeah, I think it's fun should, to give him shit. Right? I think we should just continue it on for like the whole year. Like bring <laughs> yeah. it up in every episode. In every episode, there's a little blurb about Jimmy breaking glass. Wait, when we redo I'm our make uh, intro, we can just be like, yeah, Jimmy broke glass. Or <laughs> I think <laughs> at, some, text. at some point we should go, like, go outside and record the sound of, of glass. Like, <laughs> just take out the glass and smash it. His intro will be Stone Cold Steve Austin's entrance. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyways, this is our Memorial Day special. Memorial. Day. We haven't had a special in a while, so you can't give me shit for saying special. Every one of them used to be a special. <laughs> <laughs> every every podcast was special. Tuesday night special. I think at one point when we first started the podcast, we did like four episodes in one week, and we we're like. This is our Pike special. This is our Winya special. This is our Bass special. We're very special. This is our special special. We're special. We're just special. doing a special about being special. Oh, I started to listen to uh, <laughs> to last year's Memorial Day one, and it was like the first thing I said. It was a Memorial Day special, and you're like, "Oh, look, another special." <laughs> so hey, I had to make sure I say this is our Memorial Day special. Special is one of those words. If you say it enough times, like we've said it enough times at this point, like I'm starting to under not understand what the word means anymore it loses special, special it's like, not so special it's, you know anymore it's just a weird word when you keep saying it over and over again you're like spe- 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 special special yes, it's special. very special special <laughs> uh, very special well before we get into that we'll take a quick second we'll talk about uh fishing complete ink com <laughs> <laughs> dan talk about fish complete inc fish complete inc obviously they are one of our major sponsors for the podcast uh partners sponsor whatever it may be um yeah you know you guys know it zipper worms case plastics uh lunch money tubes oh wacky tool the original oh wacky tool uh, and i feel like there's one more that i'm missing maybe They've got, You're they've, fired. Got, they've got worms. They've got worms. <laughs> yeah. They have worms. Better than crabs, but they got worms. I sell dewormer at work. I should get some of those guys. But. A dewormer? Yeah. For like for dogs. 
Oh, <laughs> that shit's not cheap, man. You can it's use expensive. it for humans, but anyways. Yeah. So use code terrible, save twenty percent. All capital letters. Code terrible. T e r r i b l e. Terrible. Besides that, this episode is going to be ad free. It's going to be no anchor ad in this one. We're not monetizing wow. shit because it's Memorial Day. About to let loose. Yeet yeet. Yes, we're going to let it rage. Hey, today you went fishing today. I did. And what you were throwing, that that was a fishing complete ink. It was. Um, glorious. It was. Right? Yep. And you caught, what, 15 or something? Um, we caught 30 in total. Well, we actually lost count. We're best guessing probably 30, and we probably lost at least another dozen. So, yes. Yes. It was uh, Marco's using the Wacky Jack. And I was using the, uh, um, I don't know the name of it, but it was a craw one, uh, like crayfish one. Hmm. I don't know. Um, I'm failing at our sponsorship because I don't know the name of it. You're fired now, too. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, but I have been doing really well on the pintail worm. So I took Denise out on Sunday and caught a couple on the pintail worm with a drop shot. Mark introduced me to the drop shot. Huh. Easiest way of fishing. Easiest way. Right. It better, it's easier than wacky fishing. And he right. bought these hooks from, I think VMC makes them, where it's like a hook on a swivel. And then so you tie to the top oh, yeah. end, and then on the bottom end, you just put like a tail end, however long you want. And then the drop shot weight, you don't even tie the drop shot weight on. It literally sits in like a little groove, hmm. like a little cinch thing. And you can adjust that however high you want. Cool, cool as shit. Easy to set up. Yeah, fish. That's complete. what we were using on St. Clair. Caught everything on pintail worm on there. And I just had that shit set up when Denise and I went out to Wolverine and I caught two of the fish on that. So Yeah, Fishing Complete has the uh they, they stock those. I think Gamagatsu has them. They're like the swivel hooks or something or the with the for a drop shot. I yeah. got it. So I have known nothing about drop shots, so I'm gonna have to stop by the shop next week because I want to pick up one, I need some more plastics because I burned through an entire bag of plastics today. Mm-hmm. Like they were chomping on it. So I am uh, not a plastic guy at all. I know nothing about it, but I am kind of looking forward to it. I want to be a believer. I do. I like I, Today I, I made mean, me a believer. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not really a bass guy anyway. I don't really chase bass, but like I love to catch fish regardless. <laughs> I just don't really. So the first like bass. two, two and a half hours of Mark and I were out there, we were power fishing. Lipless, spinner baits, crank baits, like because that's how both of him and I fish. Didn't even get a fucking bite, not a follow, nothing. Really? And yeah, and I was, so after a couple hours, I'm like, well, this is getting boring. I'm not catching anything. <laughs> and we're watching bass down there because they were chasing the, the gills that were that were truly on the beds. <laughs> <laughs> I text Jason Day and I was like, just so you know, the bluegills are legitimately on the beds. Well, right I, I don't know. I will have to get his expert opinion. That's on true. That's on the true. Or not. But the bass were chasing around, so you could see them all over in there, and they were just like they were spooked by our lures more than anything. So, so that's when I. Pulled out that whatever that crayfish thing is. I'm gonna have to get the name on it. But I have I have seen that. I have watched that quite a bit actually in the summertime. And I think that's what discourages me most is that like I'm sitting there looking at a three four pound bass sitting there flaring his gills at me and yep. you know 15 feet away and I I'll chuck something at it and it it just kind of watches away. it or swims <laughs> away like or a rock. Like, I, there's got to be something <laughs> that, like okay the fish is just neutral or it's not hungry like I, you know what I'm just gonna fish somewhere else or i'm gonna fish deeper or whatever it might be and i never really think to fish to switch to plastic because it's like i have it all like i have so much of that crap I, like yeah. i walk through the aisles that wherever 
Like, oh, and I'm like, oh, that, that looks cool. Yeah. Or I, I'll watch some bass fishing videos on YouTube, and I'm like, I gotta have that, gotta have that. And I have, I have all the stuff to do that. I think the only thing I don't have is like anything for like Ned Rig type stuff, Ned Rig or, jo- or drop shot stuff. I have a lot of like stuff to like. That's what yeah. I was using. Okay, yeah, I have a lot of stuff for like Carolina rig and Texas rig and stuff like that. Yeah. But and it was just hooked like that, with no weight or anything. Yeah. So I started out throwing it with a weight. Like Texas rig style, and I don't know. It looked like because it was dropping so fast. I even put on a smaller weight, and it was dropping like fast, and it was digging into the weeds. And it was, I think, that was spooking the fish as I was like popping it out of the weeds. I had to work it too fast, so I took the weight off and worked it like you would a wacky rig. I just cast it out there, let it sink real slowly, and then just kind of pop it and just let those those tail on that craw thing just kind of wiggled, and it was phew, annihilating it, man. I like Crushing how you. It. I like how you emphasize with your hands wiggled right there. Wiggled. Yeah. <laughs> wiggled. <laughs> wiggled. Just the tip was wiggling a little bit. Wiggle, wiggle. Yeah. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll get that stuff linked into bio of this episode. And uh, so save 20%. Use code TERRIBLE. So pretty cool. Um, Dan, what do you got? Well, um I you haven't been on like a month, so let's let's catch up with you yeah. uh, a little bit before we get into the Memorial Day stuff. Well, um, as you all know, I've been uh, working ever so, uh, <laughs> so, so diligently. diligently. Yeah, words are hard for me. Clearly, words hard. Um, on the uh, the camper, getting that all set up and ready to go. Um, finally completed that task. Thank God. Uh, we ended up paying to uh, have a guy. Uh, put the awning back up for us, which I mean, man, it was it was the best twelve hundred bucks I ever spent in my life. I mean, I was just so happy to have somebody put it together and put it back up, make sure it's done right. Um, yeah, the deck looks really good. Um, camper's all good and ready to rock and roll, man. Got the pontoon in the water. We went for a little sunset cruise last week and just uh, getting ready to head out there this weekend. So, and uh, I got. Uh, Four weeks left until my son is due to make his appearance. Oh, man. You get nervous? You know, <clears throat> I don't know if the word nervous uh, really meets the requirements, but it's uh, <laughs> it's more so uh, terrified. Yeah. Terrified. That's a good. That's yeah. A, you should be. Yeah. Utterly terrified, maybe. You should be. It's like, going to be the weirdest thing you've ever experienced in yeah. your life. So that's the thing. Like, you guys know, I mean, all of our listeners know, like, I don't do good with sounds or smells. And it's going to oh, be a man. real big challenge for me. Yeah, it's the the uh, I guess in the heat of the moment, like the adrenaline of it, like you're not even it's not even going to be a thing. Well, I mean like poopy diapers and stuff. Oh, that I mean, that later on. Thing. I think yeah. I thought you were talking about like the birth. No, I'm, I'm actually like really, I'm actually kind of really excited for that. The birth is is yeah. gruesome because like, it, it can be. It, it's it's a thing. Yeah, I mean, depending I mean, I'm, on depending on the route it takes. But. I'm excited for that because <laughs> I heard that like I'm going to get all sentimental and everything, but like you know. Bringing a child into the life into the world, man. Like you know, I'm I want to be a part of that. I want to see it. You know? So like, I'll, I'll honestly say, like when both my daughters were born, I like I didn't cry. Like I guess I don't I don't become I'm not like a real happy emotional dude. I guess my emotions come out more when I'm sad. I guess, but like not on the 
on the happy side of it. If anything, mm. I was just like, I was concerned. Like, yeah, what is, is this happening? baby that yeah. what, what is happening right now? But like when you first get to see them for the first time, that is something you will never forget. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's impactful, man. Like you will remember that your whole life and like absorb that moment. And like, hopefully everything goes well and yeah. everything goes out. Uh, everything goes, you know, like she's, she's not giving birth in the car or anything like that. Like, I'm notorious. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of if, ands, or buts, so be ready oh, for it when it comes. But like, I'm notorious for not having fuel in my truck at all times. You should. And you I need to really get in the habit of making sure I yeah. have enough gas. I, if, you're four, if you're four weeks out, like, I'd yeah, keep it yeah. topped off at just, all yeah. point. Just like, be prepared yeah. for have, the false alarms, too. Have you guys packed yeah. the bag yet? Yeah, we've got everything packed up. I mean... You she really could really know. pop at any minute. Like yeah. Right now. Right now, she could. She sure. calls, you better answer that damn phone. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> and you yeah. tell her, yeah. I'll be there after the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're really not going to go into active labor for like another six hours, so just chill. And, oh, hell you know, no. Have, have yeah. grandma take you. Get them, the, get them there early, dude. Get them there early. You don't yeah. want that... You know, it was you, uh, you don't want them exploding in your new truck. So my, <laughs> yeah. So, so my, my, my sister actually just gave birth to uh, her son. So obviously my nephew, but uh, and he's I think eight weeks, eight weeks old now. And uh, man, it's 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 been a good little practice for me because I've been you know seeing him a few times a week and stuff because I don't live with him obviously. So we need to keep him overnight a couple times. No thanks. Because when he starts yeah. crying, you can be like. Here you go. <laughs> completely, it's, it's completely different when it's your own kid, though. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, if it's crying or, like, it's like, all right, I'm done holding this baby. I'm going to go ahead and hand this back to mom or whatever. Yeah. Like, no, nah, man. When it's yours, it's yours. So it's yep. – and it's – it takes on, like, a whole new meaning. Like, a whole level – your responsibility changes overnight. Yeah. Becomes, like, a, a new – New life. Yep. It doesn't end. You know no, what I'm saying? Yeah, right, like it's, right. it's not like it's not like you cease to become like fun Dan that used to do fun <laughs> things. You just got to like share your time now, and you got to do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna fall off the face way. of the earth and just not yep. do anything fun. Not shooting in tournaments. Not gonna play golf. Not that I play golf anyways, really. But I'm not gonna go fishing. No. Fuck that. I'm doing all that stuff. <laughs> right, I, told, right. I told you last you just, night. Like I said, so you just have I to, said, get your fishing in now. Yeah. You that's just, why when I saw my my schedule this afternoon, I'm like, man, I'm going fishing today. Is, is your work going to allow you to take some time off? Yeah, it was it's fucking dumb. Like, <laughs> I mean, they only get, <laughs> ah, man, they they make, so they make me take all my PTO. So there's no like, you know, paternity leave or anything like that. So it's like I had to take fucking four weeks of PTO, and then anything outside of that is all unpaid. So, so that's Which, trash. The army gives us twelve now. So that's awesome for paternity leave. Want to recruit me for seven days? It's literally <laughs> three months, three months yeah. off. Like I was telling the wife, I was like, "Hey, what you think? You know, like maybe get the, like the, what you think? What's what up, you think? girl? Maybe, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we still young. What's up with you, girl? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, no, she, man, she was uh, like, "Hell no!" I was like, "But we can practice, so." There you go. And she was like, hell she's, no. She's like, hell no. Don't practice by yourself. I was like, okay. <laughs> Again? Damn it. But, uh, I already practiced twice today. <laughs> <laughs> I already practiced mid-conversation here. <laughs> I've been practicing this whole time. <laughs> nah, good thing I don't use that microphone. Shit. Yeah. Um, that's why there's designated microphones. That's okay. Right. But uh, but yeah, so I then uh, so I got cleared by the doctors to uh, to shoot. So obviously I was on the IR for a few weeks, and uh, that seemed like it came a little premature. What was Honestly, you? so <clears throat> so I was having like a lot of like swelling in like my my shoulder, and like this time the and it was 
basically like I would shoot and then I would go home and ice my shoulder and then the swelling would go down and stuff. And then basically it would, you know, next time I'd shoot, I'd, you know, have shoulder pain and, you know, have swelling in the shoulder. But then the one time I shot, it never went down. And so like I was, went to the doctor, got it checked out and he was basically like, you know, you got a torn, what was it like a torn labrum in, you know, in your shoulder. And, uh, so basically he was like, you know, no shooting for like eight weeks. And so you come to, you know, I had to go to him every two weeks and I would get, uh, do like therapy. And then every, every four weeks I would do, um, like injections and stuff. And so I did one round of injections and, uh, it's like the first day I went there, like you pushed on like the top of my shoulder and it was like crippling. I'm like, you know, like utter pain. And he's like, well, that shouldn't be the thing. So it's like, you know, bone on bone or whatever. And Gave me the one injection, and then uh, the following, like the following time, I went in there to get the injection. He was like feeling around. He's like, "Do you, you know, do you feel it?" I'm like, "Yeah." It's like I, I feel it, but it doesn't hurt or anything like that. And he's like, "Good." So the injections work. So I'm not going to give you any more injections. So you know, I'm not going to like over, you know, whatever. And uh, and he was, and then I asked him, I'm like, "Well, can I, can I shoot?" Because I had like a big tournament coming up like that that week that I wasn't going to be able to originally shoot. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, see ya. And I'm, I'm out. And so I shot and my shoulder's great, man. I got shot twice since then and everything's really good. So yeah, the, the moral of the story is that you're getting old. I mean, that very well could be. You're getting fucking yeah. old. It's only yeah. going to get worse. It doesn't help that I'm fat too. So <laughs> I mean, you know, old being, AF. being unhealthy and, you know, overweight and, you know, I mean, I just literally had four pieces of pizza and some biscuits and chicken and biscuits. You so. was hungry. <laughs> yeah, I was hungry. So, oh, that's got to do with the your chicken and biscuits that. was good though. Yeah, it's not my bold prediction to lose fifty pounds. So, fuck it. I'm having he's a not, kid. He's not doing well with <laughs> that. You only do it if it's a bold prediction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's not doing well with that five bucks. No, yeah, but uh, yeah. So I shot in that tournament. Uh, took third place overall. First place, master one. So that was cool. Get back in the groove of that. Congratulations. So, thank you. I got uh, two more shoots on that series, and uh, hopefully make some money. So that's it. That's it for me, man. Okay. You guys make money from that show? This one, yeah. Yep. So it's based on, like, your class, and so X amount of dollars from your purse, from, you know, from the entry fee goes into a purse, and then at the end of the year, the top three shooters split it three ways. So Nice. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, I had the boat out on Tuesday and today. Tuesday, man, that was... That was crazy. Get out what there. What lake did you go to? So we went to Long Lake over in Commerce. It's oh. right by like Union Lake and like Cooley Lake over there. And uh, get in and get the boat in the water and the uh, Oakland County Sheriff rolls up. And he like <laughs> comes out to the to the dock and we were like just about to push off. And, you know, he was literally just the, one of the, like, the nicest guy, guy in the world, man. He was just talking to us. And, uh, you know, we were talking about actually talking about Cast Lake because I heard some shit about Cast Lake last year. And I was like, how's Cast doing this year? And he's like, oh, we got it, you know, in, in good shape this year. We've, we have, uh, you know, eight. Uh, we're going to have eight boats on the water for Memorial Day weekend uh, just on Cast Lake. So they're going to be uh, patrolling pretty good over there. And so we were chit-chatting. And then, so stay uh, away from there. Yeah. Or just don't be dumb. You know, that, that don't too. Don't be a Guggen. Right. And so we were, we pushed off from the dock and he's like, Hey, you know, your uh, tabs are expired on your boat. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I do now, <laughs> I guess so. And he's like, well, come on back here. And so they, you know, whatever, they like wrote everything down. They were like, uh, and so I thought, to be honest with you, I thought that the tabs were good through 2023 because they say 23 on them. 
And then right above it, it says right what? above it, it says March. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. So, you know, whatever. So le- lesson learned. And so he was really cool about it. He's like, look, man, he's like, I'm not out here trying to ruin your night. Just take care of it. And so I went home that night and, you know, ordered my tabs and, you know, I'm good to go. So, so then we pushed out from Long Lake and I have a red bait caster. That was one of my favorite bait casters. One of the first ones I've had. I've had it for years. And uh, first cast, like three eyelets down, that fucker snapped. Like right, I mean, right in two pieces. I'm like, what the fuck? Like this is how this nice night's going to go. How hard are you casting? Well, clearly too hard. That's I mean, like a bob cast there. Yeah. Good, and, uh, good gravy. Yeah, it snapped that thing, and so that was a little disappointing. I will and say Bob's never snapped a rod. Not kind of wood. That yeah, I know I've of. never snapped. Yeah. No, I, I just have, like, <clears throat> fucked up eyelets, and they cut my line off. Yeah. yeah. He's just, he's the hardest caster. <clears throat> Always have been. I don't know why. He's got muscles. I like to cast. He just, like, he just throws it so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Get it out there, yeah. More water to cover. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm one of the guys that, like, purposely, like, fishing with like heavier baits so i can cast them a country mile like wow got a hold so of that one. <laughs> an old an old wise man who is no longer on this earth told me one time he said it's not about how far you can cast it; it's how accurate you can cast it hey fair enough that dan daniel haas yep 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 <clears throat> he told nice. me that that was like one of the main things when it came to bait casters like you don't need to cast a mile you need you need to hit that mark that you're looking for, whether it's right next to that timber, right on the weed edge, or whatever. And then the other thing you told me with the spinner bait is you reel it. You only reel it fast enough to get the blades turning on the spinner bait. Interesting. Yep. And then Mark, that's that's how I was watching Mark today, how because he's like spinner bait fanatic, and that's how he's fishing. Like he's just slow rolling that thing. Yeah. And he caught three or four fish on spinner baits today, and I'm like. We're still amateurs. I'm a sucker for the chatterbait, though, man. Chatterbait. I've not or, done well with chatterbait. Chatterbait or crankbait. Sucker for all that. Dude, I was trying hard for a crankbait bite today, and it just wasn't happening. So well, water's warming up, though. We'll get there. It was almost seventy by the time almost. we got off the lake. So yeah, when I was rolling in, it was like sixty-nine. Yeah, sixty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I can count a potato. But, uh, but, yeah, and then uh, today, you know, today I didn't have any backlashes, so that was nice. High five. That's always a win if I don't backlash oh, my man. fucking reel. Mark had some backlashes on a spinning reel. <laughs> How do you do that? Dude, I don't know. He's got some fucked up line. He, I asked him, I said, what kind of line you got on that? He's like, I don't know. It's some, like, shit straight from China off of Amazon. I was like, you don't even know the brand? He's like, no, because it's just, like, a bunch of, like, Houses and goats and shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! He, he he buys it in like like three thousand. Yeah, spools. that's exactly. It. He's like, I found some gigantic spool of it, and he's like, ah, whatever. This will work fine. <laughs> he he like unfucked a whole like big bird's nest that knotted up, cut it all off, redid it, and it was that next cast. He cast out there, and it's just like blah. <laughs> I, on a spinning that. reel. I've had that on a spinning reel where it looks like there's three lines coming off. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. Like, like, Wait, what else even? What is that? Yeah. How's that you know, happen? Danny Danny Irvin from Fishing Complete. He actually gave me a tip on that. So, with the uh, the spinning reels, if you don't hand flip your bail back, he said that causes the loops on your spool. Makes sense. And so I'm like, that's probably why I always have loops on my spool because I always clicked it with the reel. And so I've been trying to get in the habit of 
flipping it back over. And okay, why had, would that make a difference? No I, idea. I just I was like, all right, I, I believe almost you. Almost always manually close the bail on that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm just trying to figure out because when you does it keep your line taut? I bet it's probably what it does. Oh, it's interesting. Who knows? Interesting. Loop de loop. I do have a terrible story from uh, my last three outings with Mark. <laughs> Pretty good ones. So we went to St. Clair, and halfway through the day, his structure scan just cuts out. Like his side scan mm-hmm. completely cuts out. And he spends probably 15 minutes fucking with it. And I'm just back there fishing while he's just messing with the screens. It's just a black screen. And I mentioned to him, I was like, did you try unplugging it, plugging it back in? He's like, yeah, it's, it's everything's plugged in. It's fine. It's got to be like some setting. I'm like, okay, whatever. Didn't say any, another word. He messes with it. Couldn't figure it out. Keeps fishing. We went out for my birthday. Still not working. He fucks with it. Messes with the transducer. Does all kinds of different stuff. Still can't get it. So today... We're getting ready to, we're loading up the, the, the boat, getting ready to go. And I'm like, once one more time, I'm like, did you unplug it and see? And he's like, no, but I'm, I'm going to try that. So he goes to like, take the tra- the screen off and it was, the transducer wasn't even connected. <laughs> the <laughs> wires, came, the wires just lay in there. Just came, I'm like, that'll do it. I'm like, that'll do it, Mark. I said, didn't you say you checked that out in St. Clair? And he's like, I think I did. <laughs> Plugs it back in, turns I it bet, on, side scans working. I, fine. Bet he, I bet he laughed about it though. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah. Mark's a good dude. I like Mark yeah. a lot. Yeah. He's like the most chill person. Well, then, Every um, time I, I guess he, he was struggling a little bit today. A times, he had a couple stories because he um he had to keep retying his lines, and a couple times when he retied it, like he'd miss an eyelet. Mm. He'd cast, and he's like, "Why is this in casting so fucked up?" And he and he look up, and he's like, "Well, that's why you dumbass." And he'd come back in, and, <laughs> and I'm watching what he's doing. He's cutting. I'm like, "What'd you do?" And he's like, "I missed a fucking eyelet again." I'm like Jesus, <laughs> I was re-spooling the uh, actually that red bait caster that I broke. That little beer bob. Beer bob, beer bob, beer bob, beer bob, beer bob, beer I was actually respooling that baitcaster that I snapped, and uh, I forgot to feed it through, like, the real guide that, like, slides back and forth. <laughs> I'm like, this is <laughs> that, weird. That makes a big difference. Yeah. If it keeps reeling in the same spot, it's going to be all big on one side. Yeah, that's exactly how I like, put my thumb on it to cast it. I'm like, this is weird. And I, like, filled it back up, and I look down, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> it's not even... Yeah. Not even spooling back up. So, I don't know. Maybe it was my fault, man. I just put some bad juju on that rod. So, juju, bad juju, some shoo shoo. Yes, sir. <clears throat> All right. So, um, any other catching up we need to do? We can get in Memorial Day special. Twenty five minutes in. Hey, at least it wasn't like the Christmas special. <laughs> That's true. Hour and a half for- later, <laughs> we're talking Christmas. <laughs> All right. So again, this is going to be uh, ad free. We're gonna we're gonna roll into our Memorial Day special here. And we'll be back. Toes up, middle gym. She was planning a welcome home barbecue. Green bean casserole. Grandma's recipe. There was a knock on the door around two o'clock. Two uniforms and her heart stopped. Yellow ribbon round an oak tree. Blowing in the breeze. Here's to the ones who didn't make it back home. The ones we ain't seen in so long. To hold up a bit. 
Cause I wish they were here once And I'd forgotten to go In a better place up there But they sure have to hold down here We just go on living and go on missing the ones The ones that didn't make it back home Makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. It does. That's good too. It's great. It tune. is. You didn't. You never heard that tune? No, no. That's new to me. Really? That's been yeah, out for. I don't listen to a lot of like new country and stuff like that. So like, uh, my old my playlist is all like George Jones and Waylon Jennings and yeah, I don't know Hank uh, Junior Senior. I don't know when that came out. That was Justin Moore. The ones yeah. that didn't make it back home. Yeah, three grown ass men with some chili bumps. Chili, chili bumps. Get the chili bumps and the tears welling up. I man. was trying to. Uh, I was trying to think of or. Of a good song, and I didn't want to play "Blood Upon the Risers" like we did last year, it's even though that's a, a great song. It's still a good tune. I mean, we should play it's, it anyways, it's, it's just because I want to hear it. It's a satirical song. Like yeah. it's it's not meant to be like meant to be taken seriously. <laughs> it's, it's it's part of the airborne community and something yeah. that we kind of hold near and dear. But it's like if you actually listen to the words, you're like, "That's that's jacked up, man. That's, that's, up. that's messed up." <laughs> yeah. So uh, Memorial Day. Let's get into it. Memorial Day. Yeet, yeet. In so, um, National Barbecue Day. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> the, it's mainly just a day off for most people. Yeah, you just get the day off, especially if you work for the government. Yeah. yeah. I have the day off. Yeah. I sure as hell do. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Dan, what do you got for traditions for Memorial Day before we get into the back history of it? What do you guys do? Well, um, things have kind of changed recently since we've got the camper. Um, we pretty much, uh, everybody kind of heads up there and we, uh, just kind of spend, spend the time together and, uh, you know, with the family and we, uh, you know, just spend a lot of time on the water. We do a lot of swimming, a lot of, you know, a little bit of fishing. We always talk about going fishing first thing in the morning, but then we're up drinking way too late. So we never, never make it out in the water first thing, but yeah, it's just, uh, you know, then we make some good food and, you know, just kind of just hang out with the family man you know that's kind of what it is for us that's perfect perfect that's perfect that's what you should be doing yeah Mm -hmm. exactly Um, you guys i don't really do much honestly i i usually work it (laughs) you know my wife's side of the family normally goes up to our cottage and you know they'll hang out up there and barbecue and things like that but i've never really done much that's one of those holidays that i don't know um always I always had a weird like thing where like I feel like I don't need the day off. Like anybody that should be getting it off should be veterans. Anybody in the active duty military like should be in some way be able to get that day off, which obviously not all of them can, but yeah. I don't know. I just feel like I have no problem working it. Like I get it. But I've always worked retail, so they don't close on that day. So like I've got to run the store, I've got to run business. So they should. They should close, they, I hundred hundred percent agree. They should, but they don't. <laughs> so it's a busy day for us, but yeah, they should close. But no, that's uh, for me. I've always just, I don't know. It's one of those holidays where like, eh, I don't feel like a, I feel weird celebrating it, I guess. I don't know. Maybe you can give, give some insight on it. Yeah. Like I just feel guilty celebrating it because you should be honoring. At all. What? Yeah. You shouldn't feel guilty at all. I know, but I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like I shouldn't have the day off. I, I, I don't know. I dis- Maybe I it's just something weird with me. I disagree. I think everybody should have the day off. I think every the American. The whole world should shut down 
Absolutely. If, if anything, I would say that as it as it comes to like the the patriotic holidays, right? Like Fourth of July, Veterans Day, Memorial Day. Like Memorial Day is my favorite when it comes to that, and 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 the reason for Memorial Day is to remember the fallen, right? Remember those that made the ultimate sacrifice, um, and, and take that day to reflect on what that means, and not necessarily, you know. It, it's not a it's not a holiday, um, you know, to thank a veteran, you know, or anything like that. That there's there's that or their own day for that. That's Veterans Day. That's in like November, and but this is a day to remember those that have paid the ultimate sacrifice, and that's that's everywhere from like anybody who has ever served this country, and and even though like and we'll get into the history of it a little bit, like the 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 history of Memorial Day kind of started after the Civil War. Um, but I, I think, I mean, you got to go back all the way to the founding, you know, the, the continental <clears throat> army, the, the, you know, the founding of this country, like think of how many fell to, to rebel against a tyrant to create this country that we have and the freedoms that we have were, were started there. Should have, so it, it should have went back that far, honestly. So but, I pulled up this, this stat and I don't know how updated it was, but how many people do you think? Have died in conflict. Total. Oh man. How many? How many American soldiers have died in a conflict? The math is hard. Uh, and this goes back to Civil War time. It's really difficult. To put in, it's difficult to put an accurate number on a lot of that. Oh but, yeah. I mean, I'm sure this is. But I would. I would venture to say two million. One point three five million. Okay. I don't so want to get. I don't want to guess. I'm good. <laughs> 1.35 million. I didn't think wow. you were going to guess. It's a lot of people, man. That's so a lot of people that have died for this country. And so that's what this day is about: is honoring the, and that and that's just that have died in conflict. So this is something that's not that, even that others that have died due to other circumstances. This is something that kind of just popped in my head. Okay, the businesses, people closed down all this stuff for. Christmas, right? Not everybody believes in Jesus. You know, like, there's one person that, like, sacrificed themselves for, you know, the greater good, right? And then you have over a million people who have sacrificed themselves or made the ultimate sacrifice, and yet we still don't close down or we don't live up to the the hype of Christmas, you know, uh, Christianity is much bigger. Than but I, you know, it's kind of like I mean, you're right. It's much, much, much oh, yeah. bigger. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I get where but, you're coming from, though, because yeah, but it's like 100. percent I feel like this should be like a day that we shut down, like yeah, like we do Christmas and Thanksgiving. Yeah, because why not? I mean, it, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that that soldiers or even fallen soldiers should be should be worshipped as gods. All right, now I'll, I'll fair to, enough to put that blunt. Fair enough. And, and, and it's a bad context, but but either way, um, I think that, and and again, like I, I get that this is my favorite holiday because it is, you're you're taking that time, you're taking that time off to reflect, and I definitely do, like I definitely I will take that day off, and I'll probably swing by the cemetery in South Lyon and and post a flag. And you know my my grandpa and my uncle's grave, and and it take that time to to be able to reflect on that, and then and then to think about all you know all the the fallen comrades that I've 
known, you know, just because that is, that's the one day I get to do it and it's, it's dedicated to them. And, um, my, my only advice for, for those out there on, on this holiday, and this comes up every, every single, you'll see it on social media and stuff. I'm sure everybody will see it mm-hmm. is that like Memorial day is to remember the fallen and veterans day is to remember veterans. So you don't necessarily need to thank a veteran on Memorial day. It, it's great, you know, to, to thank a veteran anytime you see them, you know, like I get it all the time, you know, I get it almost daily, you know, thank you for all your sacrifices. I got that one today. And like, I, I didn't sacrifice nothing. Like, this is my duty. This is my job. This is my profession. This is what I chose no, to you do. you sacrificed. But that's the sacrifice. I, I mean, well, yeah, but you I mean, sacrificed a lot. I didn't sacrifice. You didn't, I mean, you didn't pay I mean, the ultimate sacrifice. I guess, I guess, cause I put it into that context, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, is that to me, sacri- well, yeah, sacrifice, I mean, that is like sacrifice, the sacrifice, but sacrifice would mean my life, but I, I don't look at like my time. I don't look at, you know, I don't look at my time or, you know, and, and even my, the time that I've spent away from family and stuff, I guess it is a sacrifice to an extent, but I, I don't look at it that way. And most veterans don't look at it that way. They don't look at like the time that they had to spend away from family or the time that they, you know, and the, the things they've endured in war or whatever it might be, they don't, you know, and for even those that haven't been to war, like the, the daily duty that they do is duty. Right, it's part of it's part of our values in in whatever military service that we are in, whether that be the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, or the Army. Like we we have a duty to do our job, right? It's what we sign the dotted line for to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. So help me God. Right? How many times have you said that? <laughs> Fuck, man, I've reenlisted seven times, so. At least seven, eight times I've had to say the oath, but it, it, it's very, it's something that the first time you say it, you don't really get it. And then the next time, yeah, it's, I, I kind of get it. And then whether you're like, oh, shit, oh, shit, I really, I really understand what this means. So I guess there's a little bit of sacrifice in that, but it's not like I don't feel like I've sacrificed more than anybody, more sacrifice more than you that, that goes to work every day and does your job and does your duty, right? And takes care of your family and does, does the things that you need to do as a husband, as a father, as all the different things that you are. I don't feel that I'm any different than that. I do the same thing you do. I go to work every day and do the same stuff. I don't sacrifice it, right? I sacrifice that 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 what if, right? If I were to get called mm-hmm. to go to war, then I would have to go to war. You know what I'm saying, but like, I don't, I don't, I don't look at this as a sacrifice. I look at this as like, uh, that's a duty. It's just something that I just have no, to do. No, it's part would, of another part of my job. No, I would argue that though. What do you mean? Because nothing that I do does anything for the freedom of this country. Where you, what you do, or what all soldiers do, whether you go to war or not, even what you do on a day to day basis, recruiting the next generation, is still like that like you're sacrificing so much of your time, whatever for the freedom of this country. So in my opinion, I think of the recruiting position is one of the most overlooked positions in the entire military. Somebody's got to recruit. Somebody recruited you. So yeah. we're not going to get on that soapbox, but it's I'm just job. saying it's like you, you think you feel like you feel like, <laughs> like you didn't like, like you don't do like a, a I guess a, a sacrifice or whatever, but I would, uh, I would argue that. I, I mean, I've been there and done that. Cause you signed up for, like the, for it, I mean, and and who knows? We go to war with Russia. Like, what's going to happen? I'm, right? I'm still in the army, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it is what it is. And if they were to, t- if we go if, to war with Russia, I I, I got nothing. If, <laughs> I'm not doing nothing. If, if from, they were to call me tomorrow, I'm gonna say, run them over with a tractor. 
If they were to call me tomorrow and say, hey, uh, you're going to take an infantry company and you're going to go to war, I'd be like, um, what time's my flight? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because, it's it, again, is my duty. Right. And, and, and I think to most patriotic Americans that are out there, like anybody would do that. Like if, if, if Uncle Sam were to call you tomorrow, you get a phone call out of nowhere and said, hey, we need you to, uh, to run an infantry platoon. Do you think that uh, – would you mind doing that? We're going to war with China tomorrow or Ukraine tomorrow or, or not Ukraine, but Russia tomorrow. Wait. I was saying, man, that would, would, you, would, would you do it? Would you do it? Who, me? In a heartbeat. Yeah. Fuck yeah. See, see what I'm saying? It's the same thing. I'm just, I'm just in that position because that was the profession that I chose. It, it's no, it's no different. You know, in the way I look at like anybody who has a job out, outside of the military, like you're still doing your part for freedom. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it might not be taking up arms against it. It's, it you know what I'm saying? But like free, you know, a, f- a free market and free cap and capitalism and, and like our, the, our, our, our way of life exists because of everybody who does their job on a day to day basis. You know what I'm saying? Like I, so I, I just look at this, this holiday a little bit differently than I look at veterans holiday. I'll take all the thanks you got. Bring them. Come on. I'll take yeah. that one on that day, but not on so the more, moral day. So moral of the story, day, like, don't thank a veteran. Yeah. Remember the ones who aren't here, the ones who you, didn't make it back home. You can still thank that veteran. They'll accept it. But at yeah. the same time, they're like, they're probably thinking in the back of their mind, like, you shouldn't be thanking me. Thank that. Thank my buddy who's lying in Arlington or, mm-hmm. or laying in, you know, in Monroe veterans, uh, you know, ceremony or, uh, cemetery or wherever it might be um you know that's what they're thinking in their mind because it, it's very different for the for the military on this day so again one of my favorite holidays because you know i'm gonna drink a cold beer or six you know and i'm gonna reflect i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna think that i'm gonna take that one day to do that and if if that involves a barbecue if that involves fishing by all means get out there and go do it because that is what this day is meant to, meant to be in the and those that sacrifice their their lives so that we can do these kind of things. You should absolutely do that. You should absolutely get out there and enjoy your day off. Enjoy the freedom that you have, but kind of think in the back of your mind. I want you to, or anybody that might have somebody that they know in the military, just kind of think about that for a minute and, and think about what that means to where you're at right now, because the, the American way of life is something that's very fragile. Yeah. A lot of people don't don't really understand that. They just kind of everybody gets kind of stuck in their day to day, and like they're so used to their life. But your life is very different than anywhere else on this earth. And trust me, I've seen it. So okay. think about that for a minute. Well, I think, think about a- think about why it is that way and the sacrifices that had to happen for that. Right? That's what this that's what this holiday is meant for. Yeah, I think. I think that's a good point. Like, um, you know, everybody knows a veteran of some sort, right? So, like, even if uh, – and maybe there's some people out there who don't have anybody that they know that personally that died over overseas or anything like that. But you can think – you know, you can – I don't want to say think a veteran, but, like, rem- think about that person that you know that's in the military or – I don't know. I guarantee you that a person that you know in the military does know somebody. Right. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they that person, somebody, somebody, everybody knows somebody that's in the military and, and odds are one of those people probably know somebody who died overseas. Right. Especially like the younger, you know, if it's a younger generation or even the older generation, like Vietnam, that's like 
holy shit, they yeah, know people that have died. If it's, I mean, any major conflict, and we're, we'll probably go over some of this stuff, but like any of the major so, major conflicts out there, the, the GWAT, obviously, like the GWAT over the last, the global war on terrorism over the last 20-something years has produced a significant amount of casualties in that, you know? So like somebody's connected to somebody who's connected to somebody, you know, it's that one degree of that Kevin Bacon, one degree of separation. So Everybody knows somebody. So let's do this. So let's pause real quick. We're going to announce our first hat giveaway. Danielson's got the name. But we're going to do something cool for the second hat giveaway. So what we're going to do, so I'm, I'll announce, I'll, I'll post this when um, when this airs. But to get an entry in to win the next hat, all you have to do is on the post that I that I post about this, just comment a veteran that you know. Right. Just recognize a like veteran. It. All you got to do is comment and tag a veteran that you know. Because everybody knows a veteran. I mean, I mean, yeah. I bet you everybody knows somebody that's in the military Here's- or was in the military. So comment on the post that I make. Tag a veteran. That's all you got to do. You don't need to write anything. If you want to write something about them, that'd be cool too. We can highlight it on the show. Do our veteran salute, but at least just tag them, and that'll get you an entry in to win the next Terrible Outdoorsman hat. Here's how's a, that sound? Here's, here's a caveat to that, right? And caveat is a word that is very well hated. I don't like caviar. This shit's gross. <laughs> caveat <laughs> is a word that's very much hated in the military. I love to use it any chance I get. So a caveat to that is that you cannot use me if you do know me. Good you call. Cannot out. Use me as the veteran that you know. So Good it's call. It's got to be somebody else. You'll be disqualified. I am. Yeah, you, you will get be nothing. automatically. You get nothing. No soup for you. No, no soup. No soup for you. <laughs> soup Nazi. Second day. <laughs> I said, good day, sir. I said, good day, sir. <laughs> Prepare to peg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, daniel son, who's our winner? On that note. For hat numero uno. Uno. Well, that would be Mr. Brad Alderman. Very nice. Brad Alderman. Brad Alderman. So I'll reach out to Brad here um, probably tonight or tomorrow. Do it now. Get, okay, right, right now. Okay, pause. Who's Brad Alderman? One of our listeners. Oh, Brad Alderman. Hi, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> One of our listeners who He's shared listening. who shared the post. He followed instructions and he won the first Terrible Outdoorsman hat. So I used to play T ball with Brad Alderman. Did you really? Yep. Well, apparently Brad Alderman knows Dan. He doesn't know me. I mean, I mean he knows of me, but I mean we're not like <laughs> close buddies or anything. But you just randomly you used to play T ball? Yeah. You played baseball back in the day. Yeah. Small ass world, man. Small ass world. I mean, when well, you grow when you grow up in Redford, there's there's some that's shit. That true. Like, you guys that's know some true. shit. You know? Mm-hmm. If that city should go down, ass, Redford yeah. dog. If that no. city could talk. So I'll reach out to Brad. So again, to get entered into the second hat giveaway, just comment a veteran that you know. All right, back at it. How are we going to choose? Like random, so, just random. Okay, yeah. just like Dan's got a magic, random abacus. Loser. <laughs> He's legitimately got this thing you where it's like, one you, you saw it. He puts a, like yeah, everybody's yeah, name in there. Spin the magic And it's like wheel. the spin the magic prize wheel. And yeah. the, you know, the okay. wheel, the wheel of names. The wheel of names is fabulous. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. It so gets weird here real quick. It man. does. It just, it just does. <laughs> all right. So let's get in some Memorial Day facts. Okay. Facts. F-A-X. Facts. Yeah. Little fun facts, little FF, if you will. So, Bob, poppies. Everybody sees the poppies. They see yeah. the guys selling poppies on the side of the road. You think you buy a poppy and you get a Tootsie Roll or some shit you like see, that? You see him at Kroger all the time. You yeah, see him at Kroger. You see him everywhere. Something. And I guarantee people listening don't know 
what the hell these poppers are for. So. Bro, it's a, it's like a, a dollar. Like, give the guy, the American <laughs> Legion guy, a dollar at Kroger, and he's going to give you a poppy. And you know, I, one, I buy them every single time. They're kind of cool. I always put them in, like, I'll put them on my mirror in my truck. Or I'll you put always them on my have them in my truck. truck. I've, always. I've, I've always and they never them. die. It's a cool thing. It's, it, it's amazing. <laughs> so, Do you water it? <laughs> so that, a little spit on it every now and again. <laughs> so the poppies became a thing. They became a thing with, like, the veterans groups after World War One, And the red poppy signifies, like, the, like, so basically, like, the blood that sacrificed they're red obviously mm-hmm. so they 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 signify the like the blood of the you know the veterans that have bled in war and uh it kind of came from a uh from a poem called in in Flanders Fields which uh was written by Lieutenant Colonel John McCrae back in right after World War 1 so that's kind of where it came from and it just it is meant to signify the veteran so, so it's the, more of a veteran thing like you'll see them big time around yeah. veterans day and things like that but you but might that's from the American around Legion. Memorial Day but normally American Legion yeah. VFW sometimes does yeah, them so I think like I've, that. I know I've seen VFW doing it, but, but yeah guys, if you see him give that guy give a him buck. a dollar and, he's and standing on the, on the streets fighting idiots Guggen's driving yeah. almost hitting his ass roll your window down Give the bro a dollar. Yeah, he's got like a World War II hat on or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. throw him a buck. Take Don't a let poppy. him walk past. Give him a dollar. Really cool. Give him our card. Say you guys, you need to come on the terrible doors and come on the terrible doors, man, <laughs> and we'll tear you up. <laughs> All right. Um, here's some other facts. Thirty-eight million people travel on this weekend. Wow. That's why I don't go anywhere. Yeah. Fuck that. That's a lot of people. Thirty-eight million. That's why, like. <laughs> Mark and I were talking about today. He he was asking. He's like, "You doing any fishing this weekend?" I was like, "Nope, hell no. Nope. It's gonna be busy on the lakes. I, would, I have no I have no problem fishing during the week, and I'll just hang out at home, get yard work done. I mean, if I lived on a lake or knew somebody that lived on a lake, like that might be cool to go hang out and like you know do some swimming. It's gonna be a beautiful weekend. So, but no, I you know, but, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to be on the roads. I ain't going tomorrow, by the way, because I'm not dealing with that traffic going up north on a Friday. You're not going up What? You're not going to the concert tomorrow? Dude, I'm not dealing with the traffic the Friday oh, before man. Memorial Day you're going my, north. You're not my friend anymore. That's fine. We'll we'll ye- we'll yell at each other later. What concert? Godsmack. What? What? You're not going to Godsmack? I'm going you to see him at DTE. They're going to see him up at Mount Pleasant. Let's go. You can have my ticket if you want it. I'm not going to buy it from you. You can have it for free. <laughs> Where is it? Maybe I got to work. Sarah, I got to work Saturday morning, and I got to work tomorrow. It's up in Soaring Eagle, so I'd have to leave work, drive all the way up there, drive all the way home, get home at like. Two in the morning, and then go to work at six o'clock in the morning. Me and a wife are staying up. There. It just sounds oh, terrible. Okay. If I could get Saturday off of work, I would have done it, but I can't get Saturday off of work. It's gonna no be f- my busiest day of the year. It's my Black Friday is Saturday. So. There ain't no way I'm getting out. No, there ain't no way. Well, the traffic, dude, going up north, Bruh. When fishing the, Tuesday, the Friday before Memorial Day, I'm gonna brave it. Okay, you do it. Well, you guys take, should... take a friend; they can have my ticket. I won't don't want any money for it. Hey, come to the camper on on Monday. Take Azar. Come down to cold uh, maybe water. I'll take, maybe I'll take one I of my kids. I might take up on that. I might take one of my kids. What? I might take one of the my kids. Yeah. Anyway. Do it. Hey, what we're, the we're off hell topic. were we talking about? We're poppies. talking about poppies. A shit ton of people traveling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's known as the, the official start of summer. Yeah. The unofficial official start of summer. Yeah. <laughs> that was when that was when uh, you know our parents would normally like dewinterize the pool and get the pool going yep. and stuff like that. So it was like that was like yeah the start of summer. That's also known as when the bluegills are on the beds is Memorial Day weekend. Known fact: 
with all of the Honest to God, I, I read that, that it's known for bluegills being on the beds. And I proved it today because they're on the beds. <laughs> it's funny to watch them, too. Like, they're all just, like, they're like spinning in a circle. The thing oh, I like crazy. about it is that it's still, like, at, at least in Michigan, it's still a little bit cool out. So it's like, you're not going to have too much boat traffic. You will have boat traffic, but it's not going to be, it's not nearly as bad as, like, 4th of July and stuff like that yeah. around here. Yeah. So I don't you know, still man. get out and get some stuff. Either way, I don't want to deal with it. Like I said, I'll, I got to work Saturday. I'm off Sunday, Monday. I'll deal with, uh, you know, getting yard work done, and I'm going to barbecue. I'm going to smoke a brisket. So Come to the camper. Smoke your brisket at the camper. There you go. Let's go. I might. I gotta, Let's go. We'll talk about we'll, it. We'll, we'll, we'll chat. Sidebar. So, <laughs> we'll chat. So, Dan, do you know when the national moment of silence is on Memorial Day? Uh, when you're supposed to shut the hell up. Uh, 10 o'clock? You're wrong. Way off? Failure. Failure. 8 a.m.? 8 a.m.? 3 p.m. Okay, that, that makes 3 sense. 3 p.m. Like is the day. national moment of silence. When okay, you're supposed to shut guess. the hell up. I know, I just wanted to throw you on the spot, make you uncomfortable. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. yeah, so. For a moment. For a quick, hot second. Make me feel uncomfortable so, for a moment. Yeah. Just yeah. shush. So. Shush. Here's some other stats, right? So. Shut your mouth. You're coming off as stupid. Shut up. Shut your Shut your mouth. Chicago. Are you telling me to <laughs> shut Chicago. up? Just come on. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> I guarantee somebody listening to this, like, lower their head. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah, yes, we're talking about Memorial we Day. We're now, all of a sudden, we're talking about Ace Ventura. I think last year, last year's Memorial Day was a lot deeper than this one. Well, well, yeah, we were talking about, like, your four guys that die. Like, it was very, like, yeah. yeah. Man, there was. Man, we don't need to come. Last year's episode again, tugged on the heartstrings a little bit. <laughs> you can go back and listen to that one if uh, if you want to get the inside scoopage. Scoopage. Yeah. If you're having, right, a, if so, you're having a rough day, feeling a little down, you don't need a good cry. Just you know, li- listen yeah. to that episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that bad. No, it's not bad. It's really good. I mean, it's if you're really feeling good. sensitive, yeah, I reposted it this morning. Go back and and. It's it's really good. Do it now. We we do we went a lot more in depth. I don't want to repeat a lot of the same shit we talked about last year, but so here's some stats just to kind of rack your brain, right? So some of the main conflicts we've had were the global war on terror, right? That's the most recent one. So how many soldiers do you think died? You probably know. Oh shit! I thought we oh, we covered this. I thought um, we did six thousand. Dan, something. 7,000. 7,000. I mean, over 7,000. I'm, I'm ballparking, right? But it's technically over 6,000, too. Yeah. So good job. Yeah. So a little bit over 7,000 died in global, global war and terror, which is a lot, right? But then you get into Vietnam. Vietnam was 90,000. 90,000. So then you can get into the Korean War. Korean War was almost 60,000, which I really want to talk about Korean War. God, Korean War. I, th- I think we should at some in, point. At some point, we need to talk about the Korean War. Like maybe when it's on like an anniversary of something with that war. Do you know anything about Korean War? Nobody knows anything. No, Dude, Korean nobody war. knows anything about it. And I watched. I know Bobby it. and I got into this, and I watched a bunch of documentaries about it. I know it extensively. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. Like I'll do my homework. Oh, basically, we got our ass kicked. <laughs> but anyway, so we fought China in that war. Like yeah. North North Korea was annihilated in, in yeah. like a month. China whooped us at. Yeah, it was it was a it was a war against China that we never really no it never uh, ended. N- n- well, it never one never ended. Two, 
it, it's actually never ended, literally. Yeah. Like, there was never actual, mm. like, uh, any kind of treaty that was ever signed with North Korea. We are still at war yeah. with North Korea, if, yeah. technically, if you want yeah. to look at it that way. <laughs> but, like, it was, uh, yeah, but it, it quickly involved, uh, you know, evolved into a, a war against China. And, yeah. like, everybody refused to believe it. It was yeah. weird. Such a weird war. Yeah. But, but, but crazy. Very, I mean, everybody should know about that war. And I, I mean, it's, I know it's like a super, I guess, controversial war. Cause like they've done nothing on it. They, they haven't made a movie on it. Like look at Vietnam War, how controversial Vietnam War was. There's some foreign. There's so many movies on it. There's a few movies, but there's no like major production movie. Like there's some foreign films that are kind of big budget, like foreign films yeah. that I've watched that are actually really good. Uh, that involved the Korean War, but it's um, if you if you want to understand like the current geopolitical uh, situation in the in East Asia, like study the Korean War. A lot of the stuff you know revolves from, uh, evolves from World War II into the Korean War and then beyond. If you want to understand the the stance that China currently takes and the the threat that China currently poses yeah. against. The Western Hemisphere, then I would definitely dive into that war because a yeah. lot of it comes from that. Yeah. Um, all right, so then you get into World War Two, and then so World War Two is a big one, right? So that's a beast. It's a beast. So Bob, I know you and I know World War Two extensively. Dan, any idea how many American soldiers died in World War Two? No. I mean, could you even put a number to it? Uh, I knowing mean, the knowing what we just said, knowing Vietnam is over ninety thousand. World War Two. World War Two. I mean, uh, and that's Pacific. That's European. That's yeah. I this is just an absolute guess. Uh, Two hundred and twenty thousand. You wouldn't even be close. Yeah, you wouldn't even be close. So four hundred and five thousand three hundred and ninety nine mm-hmm. is the exact number. Uh-huh. Almost half a million. That's crazy. It's a lot. It's crazy. So it's even crazier, which is what we kind of wanted to focus this episode on, is the Civil War. Civil War was half a million. Hmm. And that's just died, like, from battling each other. Then there's, like, another 130, they say, that died from starvation and cold and all the other factors of it. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of those numbers, I'm, I'm sure, are estimates and ballparks and, like, hard to get real numbers. But, yeah, yeah, half a million. And the worst part about that is we were fighting each other. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the Civil War itself is something that is, I mean, obviously, like, a lot of rhetoric and a lot of things that come up in current day um, – you know the the geopolitical uh, landscape in the United States, or at least the the culture of the country and the uh, temperature of the country, has, has has kind of come into light and and started to like look back at the the only time that we've had any kind of uh, civil conflict within the United States was obviously during the American Civil War, and that I mean obviously the 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 American Revolution was exactly that it was a revolution right it was a revolt. It was a armed conflict against to revolt against the government, which uh, which stood, uh, you know, ended with didn't end, but started with a declaration of independence, and then ended with the United States um, ultimately 
being granted its independence from Britain and uh, forming its own constitution. So the formation of the country. So everything that happened from from the formation of our constitution and the formation of the United States, right, or of America as a country, from that point up until the Civil War, there's a lot of stuff that happened that kind of led up to that. And I don't think a lot of people really understand the polarization that happened in the country at that time, which caused it to war against itself. And there's a lot of people, like, if you were to sit here and if you're listening to this podcast right now, you might think, all right, think in your, in your mind, what, what was the cause of the Civil War, right? There's no one answer, right? Because there, there's, there's multiple things that are happening simultaneously. There's multiple things that are, that are all adding to the, the uh, eventual firestorm, which would happen in 1861 and the firing on Fort Sumter. Right, which which kicked off, which is is you know most often known as the the what ignited the Civil War, right? But there's a lot of things that kind of led up to that, and I think that it's important to explore some of that, right? I think to to avoid to avoid, you know, that's the thing I love about history, right? Is learning from your mistakes in order to try to avoid them in the future, right? You have to know where you come from to know where you're going. So not a lot of people necessarily understand where, you know, how did the Civil War start? What do we fight over? It was just the North versus the South, the Yanks mm-hmm. versus the Rebs. Like, yep. how did that, how did that kick off type thing? And there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Well, I think a lot of people, like, from what... Hollywood's done and some in the movies and shit. They just assume that it was because of slavery. I think that was what everybody assumes. So I will. I prescribe to that. Well, I don't know, and so and it's a very debated topic. And when I was doing research, I was actually watching the uh, the Ken Burns documentary a while back, and. There's a lot of different ideas of of kind of what caused it to start. And, and 100% slavery was probably one of those reasons. But one of the, like the other ones that that was in that documentary that says that it was more so on the government saying you couldn't own slaves. Right. Government power, which is so, you think of like the current state that we the country's in. So so <laughs> you you got to you got to get in your time machine and you got to kind of put yourself back in the 19th century America and realize that that the country itself was new for one right in the early 1800s you're talking after the war of 1812 and on the 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 country had just established itself as as the United States of America and at that point the the constitution itself if you read the constitution itself it it provides the the vast the whole purpose of the constitution was to not put power in the hands of one particular of, of any in any one particular entity and, and that being the central government or the federal government right so the whole purpose of the the constitution of the united states really puts a ton of power into the states right so each state has its own individual power and should govern itself as it sees fit with the overarching federal government being the bigger entity of it, right? With the, there's some clauses in the in within the United States Constitution which says 
which says that the the federal government will you know is the overarching power here but at, at the same time we want the the states to be able to govern themselves so the, the the vast majority of citizens throughout the United States at that point had their loyalties lied with the individual states that they resided in. So um coming into you know the mid the mid-century around around you know the 1850s, right, right before the Civil War, you've got um you obviously had slave states and you had Free states, right? So the or not free states, but you had uh, the the abolitionist states. So you had the northern states, and I, I think it was around like eighteen nineteen or so. You had eleven southern states that were slave states, and you had eleven states that were abolitionist states or free states. So there was a balance of power. So it, it, every conflict in the in United States history has always evolved around a balance of power. Every conflict that we see currently evolves around a balance of power. If you think about our government today, there's a balance of power, whether that be in the House of Representatives, the Senate, or that be in, in with the executive branch, with the, the presidency, there's always a balance of power. And that's where the divide always occurs. So when it comes back, when, you th- when you're trans porting yourself back to mid 19th century and again around 1819 1820 there's there's 22 states total in the union 11 of them are slave states 11 of them are so we have a balance of power we have a balance of slave states which are primarily economically reliant on slavery right so Eli uh, Eli Whitney in the cotton gin right once the, the cotton gin 1790 Oh, you have to check my math. You have to check my dates on here, and somebody might call me out on like 1793, something like that. Eli Whitney invents the cotton gin, right, which transforms the whole southern economy. The seven- uh, Eli Whitney invented the cotton gin in 1793 or 1794. Okay. All right, so 1793, Eli Whitney invents the cotton gin, which transforms the whole southern economy. Right, the southern economy becomes reliant on on exporting cotton. Right, cotton becomes the major cash crop of the South, and what better way to uh, to to improve the economy than to import more slaves and increase the 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 the, the amount of slaves that they have so that they can product or you know eventually um, produce more cotton right to the whole world. So at that point, the Southern United States had more power in the United States than anywhere else, right? Industry hadn't really taken off at that point, but eventually industry starts to take off. So steel and other things that you see in Northern states, such as Michigan, Detroit, and I don't think Michigan becomes a state until the 1820s, but uh, Pennsylvania and different places like that, like steel becomes a big thing. Industry becomes a big thing. And next thing you know, like we have competing markets, so we have you have competing economical markets between between the the raw goods that are being uh, that are being cultivated in the South, and then your industry in the North, and it's a very fine divided line. So I think it was in eighteen, I think it's like eighteen fifty four, right? So the, it, there's a fine balance here, and 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 as as this this kind of Cold War, right, between the North and the South starts to evolve, right? It's really a balance of power between the North and the South on who is who can carry more seats in the House of Representatives, who can carry more seats in the Senate. And at that point, the South was extremely dominant. If you look at the presidency of the United States from, you know, from the early 1800s through the mid-century, 
the vast majority of them came from the South. The vast majority of your House of Representatives came from the South. The vast majority of your your represent representation within the Senate were were from Southern states, or, or at least leaning towards Southern views, because the Southern states were the primary uh, economical feature in the United States. So again, I'm building up here the, to to the reasons why we went to war was that eventually. In order to in order to throw that balance off, right? You had your hardcore abolitionists up in the northern states that, that were, you know, vehemently against slavery in a moral in a moral way, right? Not had didn't have anything to do with the economics of it. They didn't think that people should be treated that way. Period. Right? Which is the vast majority of the way people think of it now. Morally, it's unacceptable, and even in the Constitution, that all people are created equal. Right? In the Declaration of Independence. So all people, not just Americans or not just white people, right? So this this became a contentious type thing that was debated, you know, you know, quite a bit throughout, you know, early 19th century politics. And then as you start to progress through the mid-18th century, you have the uh, Kansas-Nebraska Act, right? So or what you have Missouri, right? So Missouri eventually what happens is they start to add new territories to the to the United States and they're trying to determine whether or not they should be slave states or free states. How do you determine whether or not this new state that we're going to add should be a should allow slavery or not have slavery because in the north it was unaccepted, but in the south it was very much a common thing. So how do you determine that? So what they did was they came up with, I, I don't know, I think it might have been the Missouri Compromise at that point, where basically any state below Missouri had the right to be, had the right to be a slave state, whereas any, any new territory that was going to be admitted to the Union above that would, have, would not. But they gave, it to, they gave those rights to be able to choose to the, to the territories and to the states themselves as they became a state. Um, and it kind of all came to a head. I think it was like 1854, the Kansas-Nebraska Act. Um, Kansas, I think it was Kansas and Nebraska both decided not to. There's some other things that happened in there. Uh, Harper's Ferry and a couple other, uh, you know, the publishing of um, Uncle Tom's Cabin, which kind of like laid out slavery and showed like all the nasty things that are involved with slavery. And then you had... Um, you know, that, so that imbalance of states started to change with these new territories being added, Kansas, Nebraska, Texas became a state, so on and so forth. And so you had some states that were becoming slave states, some states that were kind of neutral in that. And, and, but either way, it was led up to these states and what some of these Southern states were doing, especially when it came to like Missouri and it came to Kansas was that they were taking people from the southern states and pushing them into these states so that they could vote when the time came to vote to be able to vote on whether they should be a slave state or not slave state to go vote pro-slavery to try to turn that state so there was very much some some ballot stuffing type shit going on here some some election fraud going on some like some some nasty stuff going on at this time this is in the early 1850s so after that point like it just started setting the stage for like this eventual conflict that was going to happen. And in, um, so in 1860, when Abraham Lincoln runs for president, it's, it's, it's honestly the, the thing that kind of ignited, it ignited the, the spark, right? And what ignited the spark was that Abraham Lincoln wasn't even on the ballot. He wasn't even on the ballot on that election in the South. 
right? And the Southern states didn't even show up. So he didn't carry a single, not a single Southern vote, but was elected by the Electoral College as a president of the United States and became the president of the United States in, in 1860, 1861. And, and when, when that happened, the South said, oh, hell no. At this point, they felt that their rights were being infringed upon, right? Their, their right to keep slaves, their right to be able to expand slavery into new territories. And not only that, but now the executive branch has taken over. So they very much felt that they were put into a corner. And what they decided to do is they decided to secede. So in, in 1861, South Carolina becomes the first state to secede from the Union. So South Carolina, from the Union point of view, right, we can get, we'll, we'll get to this by the very end of this, this little lecture I'm giving here, but um, <laughs> South Carolina is very much the enemy of the Union, right? It becomes public enemy number one of the Union because it is the very first seat to, to, the very first state to secede. Um, you know, kind of ironically is also where the very first shots are fired in the United, in the Civil War. So that's what kind of kicks off. They secede. And then from there, it's kind of a domino effect with the other southern states. They all kind of follow suit and eventually all start to be all begin to succeed or secede. And, um, you know, I, I, I'd have to look back at the date. I don't remember the date. I thought the firing at Fort Sumter, I think it was spring of 1861. April 12th. April 12th, 1861. Um, so some stuff that went on with Fort Sumter as far as, um, basically the union troops didn't want to leave Fort Sumter and well, they were at a, uh, an adjacent fort. Fort Sumter was new. It was being built. And, um, they decided at a certain point that Fort Sumter was better equipped than the fort that they were currently at. They decided to move troops over to Fort Sumter. They moved them over there. And at a certain point, they decided to um, – they wanted to bring more troops in and reinforce Fort Sumter. And when they did, they were fired upon, right? They were fired upon. It was kind of like – it was into the uh, – into I think it was Charleston Bay is where kind of Fort Sumter sits. And it kind of guards – it kind of sits in the middle of Fort, uh, of the Charleston Bay. And they um, they decided to try to reinforce this fort. And when they did, uh, they were fired upon. And they kind of backed out from that and like some, some negotiations went back and forth between Washington and uh, South Carolina at that time. And eventually uh, what happened was they were uh, in, in trying to reinforce it. They did reinforce it. And when they did, they got fired upon by, and they demolished Fort Sumter, right? They completely obliterated Fort Sumter. And I, I think there might've been a few casualties in the, I, I can't remember the exact number or how it worked, how it completely played out. But it was um, – that is the opening of the Civil War. So that's seen as the first shots fired. And it, at that point, um, Lincoln decides, all right, there, this is imminent. Uh, we're going to war and starts to mobilize and orders up hundreds of thousands of troops. And um, the, the kind of the stage is set at that point for a showdown of rookie ass armies to go against each other. So <laughs> farmers and shit going after each other for real. And, yeah. um, and this all happened within like five months, right? It was quickly. It, 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 like it, it was, well, I well, mean, the succession was in like December of 1860. Right. And then 1861, yeah. It happened March pretty, rap of, pretty rapidly. Yeah, like March of 1861 was when Lincoln was inaugurated, and then April was well, that. And shit yeah. hit the fan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, right. and, and, so, and I'm definitely reading about this. I don't know that so, information. Well, but. so and there's there's some conjecture about the secession itself, right? Was it legal? Yeah. Right? Was yeah. was secession legal? Like, because yeah. I mean, you gave the power of the states, right? And you give the freedom yeah. to the states to be able to determine their own. Shouldn't they have the right to be able to say, "I don't want to be a part of this anymore, and I want to form my own country"? Right? That's the Constitution of the United States gives a lot of liberty to the states to be able to govern themselves as they see fit. But here's like, there's some overarching stuff in the constitution that says that you can't, this is the United States, right? And this is our constitution, but doesn't necessarily say anywhere in there that you can't say, I don't want to be part of it anymore. So that's where, that's where in, in, in legally the, the Southern states kind of said to themselves, like, look, there's nothing in the constitution that says that we can't do this so that we're going to do this. And they decided at that point to secede. And, and again, it became a very much a domino effect that everybody, you know, like, and, and, but again, revolved all around, all of it revolved around slavery. So it was yeah. a fight for freedom, yeah. right? So it started at, at the very beginning from the first shots fired or from the, all the events prior to was a very much a struggle for freedom, whether that be freedom of the slaves or that be freedom of the American uh, Southern states to be able to declare freedom against, uh, you know, what they thought was a tyrannical government at that time. Right. So you got to put yourself in that kind of perspective, right. When, when looking at it from both the, the, the Northern and the Southern view of it, right. It very much became, it was a polarizing thing throughout the country. And at that point, at, after the firing at Fort Sumter, it very much became like, you got to pick a side. Yeah. You know, you can't be neutral in this. There were a, there were a few uh, states that were neutral, kind of half-assed neutral throughout, but more aligned with the northern states. You know, Kentucky, Maryland, um, a couple other ones. West Virginia became a state during that time, um, and, and and call all kind of kind of remained neutral, but all still fell under the union, but were easily you know kind of southern states to begin with. So. Um, but at that point, so here's a question that I pose, right? So think about this. 1861, shots are fired. You are, you are a general, or not even, maybe not even a general, maybe a mid-officer, maybe a mid-ranking officer in, in the Union Army. But you are from Virginia, right? Or you're from South Carolina. And all of a sudden, your home state, think about yourself now in the current day and age, right? You're from Michigan, and you're, but you're living down in Florida, and Michigan is now, we've split a line along the Mason-Dixon line, right? And the North is going to fight the South. What do you do? What are you going to do? Where does your loyalty lie? Does it lie with the country itself? Does it lie with the Southern, the new formed, seceded country, right? Mm-hmm. Or does it lie with the state itself? Back yeah. in the day, it very much relied with the state, right? If you were from Virginia, you were from Virginia, Right, you were from the country of Virginia, so you became, you know, and take, take, you know, like reputable uh, generals like Robert E. Lee, right? Robert E. Lee is well known, well known throughout all of American history as being one of the, one of the premier generals and tacticians and strategists to ever have served in the United States military. Right before he was the commander, you know, of of all. Confederate forces, he was a high-ranking general in the in the United States Army and had served faithfully, went to West Point, 
right? Was a was a was a faithful general and served in the the Mexican American War and like did did a lot of great things for the Americans. So like he was a well known and reputable officer. So as soon as the South seceded and war was imminent, he rel- relinquished his his command and resigned completely resigned his commission in the United States Army and joined the Army of the Confederacy. Does that make him a traitor? That's my question to you. Mm. Man. In whose eyes, I guess. <laughs> you know, yeah. like... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. No, I, would, I mean... I would say no. No, he's fighting for his homeland. He's fighting for Virginia. Yeah. He's from Virginia. Yeah. Born and raised. His country. Right. right? His, his, or his, his home... His family, generations of family, yeah. are from Virginia. So does he fight against his family, or does he go back home and fight for his family and his home hmm. against? Now, I think that there's a certain part, of, there's a certain bit of uh, personal conviction that goes with that, right? You, your personal beliefs have to align, obviously. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. If Michigan decided it wanted to revolt against uh, the United States, but I was vehemently against its its stance or, or against its reasoning for going to war against it, I would not at all support that, right? Or yeah. would I support it because it's my home? Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's each and all, each his own. But this, I mean, this is a question that's been debated throughout history: is that, or should these guys, should guys like Lee, Longstreet, Jackson, you know, all these guys that had served in the Union Army prior to that, should they be considered traitors? Hmm. So, great, great good, question. Good question. I give you my answer. If you want it? What's your question, or what's your answer? My answer is yes. They're traitors. They're traitors. They're traitors. <laughs> All right. A couple of reasonings behind this. Uh, it was. Uh, it was ultimately, um, ultimately, ultimately concluded by uh, a, a Supreme Court case of 1869, Texas versus White, where they determined that the secession was illegal, right? Or that not illegal but unconstitutional. So they basically ruled that the uh, the secession was unconstitutional, meaning it went against the Constitution of the United States. However, the federal government had no right to enforce it, right? There's nothing in the federal government. There's nothing in the Constitution that says the federal government has to enforce or or try to, um, you know, to punish anybody who um, decides that they don't want to be part of the United States. You think about it at a lower level. You think about it as a citizen. If you don't want to be a citizen of the United States, right, we've heard this over the years, right, I'm going to Canada or whatever. Go to Canada, right? You have that right. You have that right as a United States citizen. You don't have to be one. I I believe it's very much a privilege to be a United States citizen. So if you decide you want to go somewhere else, go somewhere else. But the United States Supreme Court stated that um, it was unconstitutional, and I believe that as well. The reason being is that the the United States, when it formed its constitution, forms its constitution under what envelops the United States, right? Whatever that might be. So every state that has been admitted to the Union or been admitted to the United States from its inception become, becomes and falls under the Constitution of the United States. So 
if you take up arms against the United States in any way and and or its territories, whether you believe that you've seceded from it or not, is still property of the United States, right? So the southern states never ceased to be part of the United States. They just said that they did. Yeah. But they never ceased to be. That was still owned by the United States, not recognized by the United States, right? The United States of America said, the Union basically said, you've seceded, you've said that you're no longer part of this country, but that doesn't mean that you're not. You, that is still my property. You are sitting on my property, and you said that you're no longer part of it, and now you are going to war against me. So when the moment you took up arms against me, you've now become a rebellion, Right, So these are the same principles that Lincoln took to Congress and to the Senate and declared war with, right? And the whole reason that the United States continued to fight a war against the South, right? Otherwise, it would have just said, fine, you want to be your own country, be your own country. But, they, but it wasn't constitutionally correct because that is the property of the United States. You can't just take my property. No. That's essentially, to break it down, kind of dum-dum style, I think that's – it, it kind of keeps it the reasoning behind why the Union continued on with the war and fought so hard to, to maintain the South. It's like, you just took my property, and you ain't taking my property. So I very much believe that any, or any Union officer that resigned their commission and then took up arms against the United States, regardless, right? They resigned their commission. They're no longer part of the Army. But as soon as you took up arms against the United States, no matter who you are, you become an enemy of the United States, therefore, therefore, and you reside inside said country, you're in rebellion. So you now have become a traitor against the United States. It's the way I look at it. And, and it's not it's very not cut and dry. This is something that's been debated for since since eighteen sixty one, right? Yeah. So it's but it's an interesting question to think about. Like this is the kind of stuff that I love to study in history. I'm sure there's that, people on the other side that are gonna say that I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole. <laughs> I got the right. Yeah. You absolutely do. You, you sure as hell do. Yeah. You sure yeah. as hell do. But, if it, but from I, the point I, I think of, if 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 they feel like you know the country is not being run the way it should be run, if they don't believe in that belief and they want to, I guess, overtake that country, like it's no different than. Like I said, I don't want to get too far down it. <laughs> we're we're an hour and a half in. This could be another three hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is a deep rabbit hole that know. you can that you can dive down. But when it comes to, I can see where other people w- could could debate why your 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 thought on it. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm not so much of a, a constitutionalist as I am kind of a realist or a uh, um, you know a common sense kind of person like what makes sense in it and um i'm very much i'm very much against the uh you know the slavery stuff you know i i think that like so the slavery stuff became very much a bigger issue as the war progressed and became a the whole issue as it progressed it wasn't so much about secession as it was later on became just about freeing the slaves yeah uh, you know, with the Emancipation Proclamation, which happened later on, and and so on and so forth. Like, there's some stuff behind that. I believe very much believe that was a political move. Um, but at the same time, it it 
kind of spelled out what the North was there for, right? What the, what the Union had sided for, right? Which was freeing the slave. We're going we're gonna to make this a moral issue. We're not going to make this about secession. We're going to make this a moral issue. We're going to free your slaves. And at that point, the, the only thing that the slave had to ref, or that the, the, that the southern states had to refute was no, we want slaves. And is there's no ground to stand on with an immoral issue. Right. You see what I'm saying? That's why France and England never recognized the Confederacy as an actual country. They never would, right? They wanted to. They very much wanted to because they didn't want anything they could do to limit American power. They would do, right? So like. It, it, they very much wanted to side with the Confederacy and recognize the Confederacy as a legitimate nation. But the fact that they were solely fighting on the fact that they wanted to re- keep slavery stopped England and France from entering the war. So, there's a, I mean, <laughs> the South was crippled from the beginning. The, the, Ameri- the Union put in a, a blockade, you know, put a blockade around all the southern states and basically didn't allow any incoming imports so they were kind yeah, of the stuck other thing on like people don't realize like there was a big there's a lot of naval battles in the civil war that people don't realize too right there's a lot of uh, there, there's a ton, there's a ton there's of so stuff. much to the civil war it's, in, it's oh, i mean we can kind of we can kind of fast forward i i got i got kind of on the topic of like the uh like why we went to war because i think it's super important i think so many people don't really kind of think about that part of it they just think about the battles right the battles are I guess this, this the sexy part of the Civil War, right? That's what we oh, all yeah. kind of we watch. That's what we watch the movies for: Gettysburg and yeah. and Antietam and Vicksburg and you know all these all these big battles that uh, you know that we that we think about throughout the Civil War. We've all heard of them, yeah. right? We understand that there were these big staged battles, but it was like, and that's kind of like the the big part, but they're, the, you know, understanding like how we even got there for one is a travesty that we ever did. Yeah. Right. We should never be fighting, you know, brother against brother. I mean, yeah. that's, that's insane. That's insanity to me yeah. that we even got to that point. But again, that polarization of the country prior to that point, it was, it was at, it was at its breaking point. It got, it could not move one yeah. way or the other and eventually broke. And, 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 and again, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a student of history because I very much believe I, uh, we should never repeat. We should, we should learn from history and be able to, you know, correct our path as we go through it, as we go through yeah. the future, so that we're not repeating our same mistakes. And a lot of times we don't. We don't learn from any of this shit, right? All these wars that we fought, all these soldiers lost over time, and the whole reason that we're doing a Memorial Day podcast is, you know – it are, are, are because of these dumb things that we wound up repeating over and over and over again. It, it's stupid, but yep. either way, I mean, so like, like we can kind of fast forward into, uh, <laughs> so Bull Run, right? Bull Run's the first major engagement of the Civil War. Um, happens in 1861. I would say it's later on. I, I don't even have the date. I don't know. So either way, Bull Run. The Battle of Manassas or Bull Run uh, fought in Maryland and is an absolute shit show, right? Two rookie-ass armies going against each other, right? Brand new, you know, volunteers. Everybody wants to fight for their cause type thing, but no, no, like, real traditional training to train them up. Neither side had a standing army, 
right? The Union had somewhat of a standing army at that point, but they hadn't been battle tested. They haven't done anything other than the Mexican-American War, which happened a couple decades prior. But either way, nobody, there's no real veterans other than like your older generals and things like that from those wars. So nobody knows what the hell they're doing. So they get these two rookie armies out in at Bull Run, and they go at it at each other. And um, at that point, you know, I think the big things, the big takeaways from that battle were like there were spectators. It was almost like a sport for them. Like they had people coming out from Washington and from, you know, in other places in, in Maryland and, and coming out and basically having picnics and watching this battle that's about to unfold between the, the Union and the Confederacy. And... Um, as it, people are fucked up nowadays. As it <laughs> unfolded, it turned into a real shit show, and a lot of uh, a lot of good men started dying, and um, the battle started shifting, and and these spectators are running for their lives, and yeah. and and it's a it's a gruesome mess that nobody's equipped. The Union yeah. Army, the Confederate Army, the spectators, nobody's equipped for what's about to unfold. And, and it, it turns into uh, an absolute ridiculous shit show. And um, it, it is ultimately a Union loss and uh, kind of seen as like, a, all right, shit, <laughs> we're at war. <laughs> yeah. We're at war. So what the hell are we going to do now? Like, or, all right, yeah. we need more troops. So immediately Lincoln calls up more troops. And we need to organize these guys, and we need to get the like we need to get on a war footing. So the the North is far more equipped on a to to be able to prepare for war than the Confederacy is, and eventually they start they start mass producing weapons, ammunition, and all the things that they need. the The Confederacy is already these, these weapons are muskets. Yeah, uh, what were they? 58, 58 caliber um, Springfield muskets, smoothbore bus- muskets for the most yeah. part, percussion cap. You know, nothing real crazy. Um, I think the I think the Confederacy started to import Enfields from Britain, and uh, again, all smoothbore, all kind of uh, chambered in the yeah. same kind of rounds, percussion cap stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the so more this, so this many people died from percussion cap rifles. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, in our artillery, you know, like the yeah. artillery was pretty crude at the beginning of the war too, yeah. is some basic, uh, some real basic uh, cannonball type stuff coming out of standard artillery. Yeah. And as the war progressed, they just found more ways to kill each other better, yeah. you know, with repeating rifles, um, with rifled muskets, um, you know, as they started to learn, like, all right, the average, the average soldier could fire you know, three aim shots in a minute, you know, how can we make this faster? So they started improving and these different companies, Springfield being a big company, Springfield Armory, which is, um, what is that? Springfield, Missouri, is it? I yeah. can't remember, yeah. but it's, um, you know, they're a big manufacturer of the union arms at the time. And, um, you know, the Confederacy is trying to import and get muskets wherever they can. They're using squirrel rifles. They're using <laughs> flintlocks from back in, you know, from, from the Bayonets. early from the early 19th century. Yeah, and a lot of this stuff gets, cr- like, into some very crude um, war-type stuff. And the North was just very much more equipped for that kind of thing. For the mat- They were, again, industrialized, so they, they had the factories. They had – and they had the, the moral – backing of the public so most people in the north at that point supported you know crushing the confederacy so they 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 it became very much a 
total war type situation where everybody was involved, you know, yeah. man, woman, and child were, you know, making uniforms, making shoes, making muskets, making uh, lead balls to, to be able to, to, you know, supply the, the armies. The same thing was happening in the South, just kind of at a smaller level and not as organized. The, the, the Confederate government formed shortly after its secession and, you know, what's crazy, one of the crazy things about the Civil War is that Richmond became the capital of the Confederacy and Washington, D.C. was a was the capital of the Union, right? They are literally like 100 miles apart. <laughs> they are one state away from each other. Yeah. Like, they, you could literally march an army from one side to the other in a couple of days. Nope. And just attack each other, but they never really did. Oh, later on, Richmond got sacked, but... No. They never really got into D.C. They they did do a fair amount of, like, plussing up their numbers and plussing up their defenses in both Richmond and in D.C. in the early months of the war, and then they just never really attacked each other. They just found battlefields all over the goddamn south and all over the western, you know, the western south and in in a little bit up into the north. So. They didn't realize, like, they were, fight, they, were ba- they were fighting in New Mexico, Texas, like, way over there. It was everywhere. That. It was, you don't it, think about yeah. that. Like, you, know, you know of, like, you the know, Gettysburg, states, Pennsylvania, yeah. Virginia. Yeah. Like, you think of – that's where you, you think of Civil War. You don't think about West. You don't think of Maryland. Like, just, um, you know, just to think about that we were fighting each other when that many people died. Like, you see those idiots on TikTok that post, like, you know, we need another Civil War and – People are fucking dumb. This yeah. country, this country, is not equipped, nor is it no. ready for no. the violence that comes from no. a civil war, especially in the current day and age. No. It's just, it's not a, no. it's not feasible for it's anybody. Your families aren't ready for it. You aren't ready for your families to experience it. Nope, nope. Um, so speaking speaking of battles, so like obviously Gettysburg, one of the the major battles. 51,000 people died at Gettysburg. Yeah, Gettysburg. That's almost as many people that died in the entire Korean War we were talking about earlier, and that was just one battle. Gettysburg. <laughs> That's insane. That is insane. So the Confederacy experienced like a, a certain, you know, like success at the beginning, right? 1861 into 1862, uh, kind of unevenly matched, right? The, the Union Army was a little bit disorganized, little lackluster on the leadership side and um there's a couple wins here and there but nothing major and then um going into 1863 um you know uh we goes on an offensive kind of into the north kind of take the fight to the north at this point because at, at this point like in 1861 1862 you've got um you know some some different battles that occur in the south and in the western theater so when i say western theater i don't mean like out in the rockies or anything like that i mean i mean like western southern united states so i'm talking like tennessee um mississippi alabama um and in in kind of along the mississippi river that would, would be considered like the western theater of the civil war and um you know ulysses grant has some major victories in, or in, and does some really um, good things and, and is kind of starting to develop his reputation as kind of a little bit of a ruthless um, 
general at that point, like where he, he just whoops ass. He just goes in and, and does what he thinks is best and, and, and is successful in a lot of the things he's doing. However, uh, there's a lot of my, there's a lot of setbacks, a lot of, you know, some, you know, the battle of Shiloh happens in that time. Um, you've got the battle of, uh, or Vicksburg and you've got some other things that are happening around that time and some major losses on the union side. So, uh, kind of feeding on some of those union losses, the Confederacy decides to make a big push into, uh, into the North and comes up kind of from, uh, some of the stuff into the, from the Shenandoah Valley, uh, which is in Virginia, uh, and starts to push into Maryland, Maryland into Pennsylvania, and then we have uh, what ultimately erupts into Gettysburg, which um, which is kind of a crazy battle, which is, is kind of looked at as like the turning point of a lot of people look at it as like the turning point of the Civil War. Um, obviously, a lot of loss on either side, uh, but there's some serious tactical errors that are that occur on the Confederate side. So they're kind of moving in to an occupied union area, right? So they're moving into the north. And um, so, so some of the major tactical blunders that happen at this point is that Lee's kind of eyes and ears are kind of uh, kind of missing, right? He's missing, um, what's his name? The, uh, oh, I may have to go back and look at it. Oh, uh, it'll come back to me. Um his major uh, cavalry, which is going to conduct most of his reconnaissance, so it, uh, so his eyes and ears. So the guy who's who's going to be looking for, um, you know, trying to find was it wasn't PT Beauregard who was it? It was um, his major cavalry um, general that was in charge of the the uh, Confederate cavalry. He's not around. He's out doing his thing, but he's definitely not uh, where he needs to be in Pennsylvania. And uh, so I, you know, kind of. Lee has an idea of where the enemy's at. Not quite sure where it's at, but they're going to march into into Gettysburg because there's some there's some major uh, stockpiles of things that they want to take in that town. But they know the Union Army's kind of around, and then they got kind of hung up. They get hung up by uh, uh, what's his name Buford, I think is his name. A cavalry officer takes a brigade of his cavalry officer, and they kind of start to they pin down the the Confederate army at that point. And the Confederate army starts to commit more and more troops. As they're committing more and more troops to the battle, they're just getting hung up. They cannot, they can't proceed. They cannot push forward. So eventually, that first day of battle at Gettysburg kind of stalls. Lee kind of, you know, along with his generals, kind of sits back and assesses the situation, defines some clear objectives that he wants to take. Um, some of these being, uh, you know, some of these major battles that we hear about or that we've read about or that we've seen in movies and things like that. A little round top, big round top. Um, and Seminary Ridge and some of these different, like, um, kind of, it's all about elevation, right? So the strategic importance of Gettysburg at that point, right, where they're engaged, they're not going to disengage in battles. They're going to continue the fight, but they have to gain strategic ground. The strategic ground in that area were the high points. So the high points being the ridges I just talked about, which were primarily Little Round Top, Big Round Top, Seminary Ridge. It kind of, it, it shaped in like a hook shape. So it was like a series of ridges and hilltops that were kind of like, if you look at them topographically, you would see that they're kind of in the shape of a hook and the Union occupied all of that. They did that kind of immediately, right? So they had some reinforcements come in. There's some battles that take place on that first day. And then on the second day, 
Uh, that's where a lot of your major fighting occurred. And it was really, it was the Confederacy trying to seize some of these key hilltops at Gettysburg. So it, it, again, um, there were some pushes for seven, uh, Seminary Ridge. Um, I think there's a Seminary Ridge, a Cemetery Ridge, and then a little round top, big round top, kind of these key hilltops and devils, uh, what do they call it? Um, it was like Devil's Alley or something like that, or Devil's, Devil's Den, the Devil's Den or Devil's Canyon or something like that. They're they're really pushing to try to get these key objectives, and they never really get them. And this is where kind of one of the most heroic pieces of the Civil War, at least in my opinion, occur. And this was uh, Colonel Joshua Chamberlain from the um, uh, it was a Maine regiment, Twentieth Maine, something like that. He does a. Um, he it, it, it's it's portrayed by uh, Jeff Daniels in the uh, in the movie Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. I've read kind of extensively about it, but he um, you know repels kind of wave after wave of rebel attack, and then eventually he's out of ammo. He's just exhausted and has no other choice but makes the choice to conduct a charge down the hill at the uh, the Confederate uh, the Confederate soldiers that are advancing, and eventually rolls them up. Just just annihilates him. Yeah. Annihilates him, takes a huge amount of prisoners, and eventually wins the Medal of Honor for his uh for that particular um for that particular push down that hill, which is huge. Like that's uh, one a main big part of that movie, but also a big part of that battle. There's nothing that you'll ever read about the battle of Gattle, or the Battle of Gettysburg that doesn't include Chamberlain's charge. So on a little round top. So that's that's a huge one. And, um, so like after that, um, you go into the third day of battle and that's where you have Pickett's charge. So the third day of battle is, is Pickett's big charge. It's kind of a last ditch effort by Lee. And, um, he tasks Longstreet's Corps with, um, advancing across and just, just, uh, like I, I, I look at it tactically and I'm like, this is a mess. This is a disaster. You're already kind of been beaten back at every single hilltop. You try to take now. You're going to try to take this last ridge with one big push with a core, right? At the time, I don't know. I can't tell you how many twenty five thousand soldiers, whatever might have been at that time. And you're going to do this mad charge against open across open ground, a mile of open ground under enemy artillery and then close arms stuff and. Eventually, you know, as history unfolds, it's uh, it's definitely a giant failure. They don't even they they make it to, uh, you know, to the pickets on Seminary Ridge, but they never actually even come close to securing anything. A- at one point, I think it was two thirds of Pickett's um, division that he was in charge of was annihilated, just killed. So, and at that point, they kind of retreat. They go back to set up a defense and realize that the Union's not going to advance. They're going to kind of let them sit there and marinate, and they retreat. They make a hasty retreat, and they beat feet the hell out of there, and that ends Gettysburg. So it's a, a kind of a a big slap in the face for Robert E. Lee and the, and the Confederacy. We've seen a lot of wins kind of early in the war, but at this point they're under underpowered, undermanned. Uh, I think another thing to to say about Pickett's uh, charge was the uh, the fact that they were all Virginians, every single one of them, every single person in that division was from Virginia, mm. and and they did it for a reason because that was the throughout the whole war that division held together, and this was Lee's command. 
um, the Army of Virginia was the Army of Virginia, meaning they were solely from Virginia, and they maintained themselves throughout the whole war. There were there were some onesies and twosies that had began the war and ended the war in the same exact unit, right? It was a, kind of a well-known um, war in trial and, and tested unit that had seen a lot of success but ex- experienced a lot of failures later on in the war. But yeah, that, so that's kind of Gettysburg in a nutshell, but uh, ultimately a Union victory. Um, you know, uh, Lincoln made his address, the Gettysburg address, you know, <clears throat> shortly after that, which is kind of, you know, the four score and seven years ago yeah. is, is definitely a well-known thing. And kind of that brings chills to my, yeah. chills to my spine every time I read that. But, yeah. but yeah, so that's up to Gettysburg. Yeah. It's definitely, um, a lot of people don't, uh, don't understand that civil war. And, you know, and obviously sure. I'm, I'm not really educated on it, but I've just sitting here listening. It's just like, man, now I'm interested. You know, I just uh, now but, now but I really want to know. Except mm-hmm. the craziest part is like we did it to ourselves. It wasn't yeah. like we fought another country or some that's dictatorship wild. or you know. I think that's the most Nazis. We fought ourselves. I think that's just, the most sickening part, of right? It. It's, it's, it's just so that, fucked up. I, could, I can't. I, yeah. in, in, that's the kind but of the that part. many people died and, and just yeah blows your mind. Yeah. That's been, that's been my kind of obsession about the Civil War for a long time since I was a kid, probably. Mm-hmm. And like I used to watch all these movies and read the books and all these things, and I was but, like, but think about it though. Like, obviously, how the hell did this happen? I mean, I don't want to say that it needed to happen, but like, obviously, there were two different beliefs: one bad, one good. Good, but a lot of people thought that you know slavery was the right way to go. Could you like put into perspective what if it didn't happen? Like that's what that's what, what I'm saying. Yeah, like, what, what if it didn't happen, history? or what if the South? Had one. Yeah. Right. So Lincoln never really wanted to go to war. He didn't want to go to war. He believed that slavery would have dissolved itself yeah. anyway. Right. And he was in, in his kind of thought process behind this was to fight it where we created more non-slave states versus slave states. The, eventually the majority of the states would have been non-slave states. It was, it was, it, that was the writing on the wall yeah. was that this was going to happen, that yeah. the majority of non-slave states would overtake the slave states. And eventually yeah. it would just fizzle out. Right. It would just become not accepted anymore. And we would right. create laws over time. They would eventually just ban it the way it had done in Europe, the way yeah. it had done all over the world is that slavery was becoming very unpopular at the time. And, and the whole reason for the Civil War, again, because slavery was super unpopular yeah. at the time. So I won't say that the the whole Civil War is – I wouldn't say that it, it was completely fought to free the slaves, but no. I will say it was fought over slavery right. 100%. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just makes you think about, like Dan said, if, if they didn't go to war and – you still had states that were like it just to blows your mind to think about like, if you still had states that had those beliefs. There's like, there's those um, I think there's a documentary out there that's like the Confederate States of America or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like if the South had won, like right. what, what would what would right. the union obviously look it's like all now, theoretical, it, right? Like people right you know, chalking up theories of what they think it would look like nowadays. But it's, like, it's taking the policies and the 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 government of the time and the in the in the theories of right. the time and projecting them in, into the future. And, yeah. and it, it doesn't really work out because of the way no. progressivism works, right? Like, like we have progressed as a nation, 
you know, for the betterment of humans, you know, I think, and it's, it just wouldn't work. So, I mean, ultimately, okay. I mean, going back, going back to the civil war after, you know, you have, after Gettysburg, you have, you know, obviously 18, that happened in July of 1863 and then going into later in, in 1863, there's some engagements. There's, there's engagements. If you were to look up civil war battles, you'll find hundreds of them. They're everywhere. Oh yeah, they it said there was the like place. 150 battles of any significance, but then there was like 10,000 battles in, or engagements yeah, at minor, minor skirmishes and in, in, yeah. in all kinds of things that yeah. were happening all over the yeah. country. And so it was a, this is over a four year period over the right. half of the country, basically. It, it ultimately evolved into a total war where it enveloped every state. Every single state was sending soldiers to the fight, and the fight was occurring through the vast majority of the states, kind of right in the middle. And then uh, throughout 1863, you get into 1864, and you get into the summer of 1864, and then you've got uh, the re-election of Lincoln at that point, right? So the the election of 1864, Lincoln's up for re-election. He knows 100%. He's like, I'm not getting re-elected, so what can I do? Appoints Ulysses S. Grant as uh, commander-in-chief, basically, of the army. Army. And um, uh, at that point, like, um, what was his name? Halleck, I think Halleck is his name. He was the commander in chief of the army at the time. And they had experienced success, at, you know, at, um, you know, Gettysburg, days later, uh, Vicksburg, two major, uh, major battles, uh, one on the Union side. And then from there, going into, uh, you know, 1864, and then he realizes I need I need some serious wins. Um, appoints Ulysses S. Grant, um, Sherman. All right, so General uh, William Tecumseh Sherman, um, it becomes uh, he becomes a major general and in charge of a major command of in the South. That and basically you uh, Grant employs like a three prong type approach into invading the South and sends Sherman on his march from starts in Mississippi into Georgia, takes Atlanta, burns Atlanta, and then his march to the sea. So his march to the sea all the way to – he takes his march all the way to Savannah, kind of burning everything in his way, right? So not necessarily burning homes and stuff like that. It, it did occur, obviously. Nobody's going to refute that. But um, he burned anything of military significance or, or destroyed anything of military significance on the Confederacy side. So if it was a railroad track, he was destroying it. If it was a artillery depot where they were building artillery guns or whatever it was, he burned it to the ground. Everything scorched earth type mentality and said, no holds barred, we're taking it out. Marched from Atlanta to Savannah. From Savannah, he said, now we're setting our sights in South Carolina. So remembering back to South Carolina, what I said about them being the very first state to secede, right? South Carolina was a target of the Union from the very beginning, right? They're the very first ones. They led the charge on on, on revolting against the United States. So William Tecumseh Sherman said, I'm going to burn this motherfucker to the ground. <laughs> and he decides to go scorched earth and... um and really give South Carolina hell. So to this day, South Carolinians, Georgians, anybody from the South that it, that where where Tecumseh Sherman walked, marched through with his forces, absolutely hates that name to this day. To this day, right? They toast to the day that guy died because they they hate William Tecumseh Sherman. And uh, uh, so Sherman's march though is a major win for the Confederate or for the Union. Uh, because it basically took the fight into the South, 
and basically told the South, you have no way to defend yourself. We are, we are ultimately powerful here. You have nothing. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do to stop us. So it, it basically turned the tide of the war at that point to say, there, it was absolutely won at that point. They knew it would be. But also swayed Northern opinion to reelect Lincoln at the time. Lincoln gets reelected, 1864, moving into uh, 1865. Um, the you have the surrender at the Appomattox Courthouse, and then shortly after that, Lincoln's killed. Like within days, uh, Lincoln is assassinated by Booth. So, kind of, kind it's kind of an overview, kind of a quick snapshot on the Civil War. There's obviously a lot of stuff that happened in between. Yeah. There's obviously a lot of political moves. There's obviously a lot of tactical things that happened throughout all that. I just kind of skimmed over as fast as I could because I know we're going a little long on this, but um, absolutely fascinating. I love. I love studying the Civil War because I believe that there are, uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time in the South. I've lived in the South. I lived in Texas. I lived in Georgia, Alabama. I lived in Alabama for a while. Like I, and it's a very much a thing down there. Like rebel flag, you see it flying everywhere. Yep. Like there's there's some people that firmly believe in. And it's not that they believe in slavery. I don't believe that everybody that flies a rebel flag or yeah. or anything like that is like, you know, racist or anything like that. Is it tied to? Some of that stuff and in a roundabout way, yes, absolutely. But I don't necessarily yeah. believe that. I believe they just have Southern pride. Right. I believe that there, you know, there's a certain amount of that that is was experienced throughout the whole Civil War is that there was a lot of pride in just being from the South. Like they would fight for yeah. the South. They didn't care whether you had slaves or not. Most of the guys that that fought in the war didn't own slaves to begin with. Yeah. Right? Because most of them were these wealthy plantation owners that owned hundreds of slaves or whatever it might be. They fought for it because they believed in their state. They believed in their country. There. Yeah. They believed in their part of the country, right, the South. So I, uh, you know, and I can empathize with that. I can, I can say, you know, you fought for what you believed in and stuff like that. Was it necessarily yeah. right on a, on a grandiose scale? I don't believe so. Like obviously, I don't, I don't believe or condone or think that slavery was a morally right thing at all. And I believe that. You know, that's why I've always kind of been a little bit biased towards I grew up in the North and I grew up in that mentality of, you know, all men are created equal in the eyes of God and this way it should be. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm I'm against that. But at the same time, I understand what you were fighting for. It wasn't necessarily slavery or the right to own slaves. None of the half those dudes. You, you think that those guys, they were marching up Little Round Top to go charge Joshua Chamberlain you think those guys own slaves? Hell no. no. The guys that own slaves are back on their plantations, right? Smoking their cigars <laughs> and drinking their drinking their whiskey and yep. you know, yep. putting their slaves to work, making well, more. I, I you know, listen to some a, more cotton or doing whatever they're doing. Well, I they listened to a thing on that Ken Burns uh, documentary that said that if you had, or as an exception, if you had twenty or more slaves, you did not have to, or you, you couldn't get be drafted. Yeah, you couldn't get drafted. Yeah. So there, there's some stuff on that too, man. That, that's an awesome subject. Not that we're going to go too deep into that, but I know, like it's still like there's so it, oh man, there's so much. So to they the could Civil they War. could pay for replacements, right? In the South, they could pay if you had enough money, you could just pay somebody else to go in your stead. If you got drafted, you just pay whatever it was, and it, the, the price went up as the war went up, and eventually they cut that off. Right, the South, because the South became so short on manpower at the beginning, though, when they started to conscript troops. If I was a wealthy plantation owner and my son got got drafted, I'd be like, 
no, nah, man, here's a thousand bucks. I need you to go take his place. And, you know, poor little dude who's just running some little shit cabbage farm over here yeah. is going to be like, okay. <laughs> he's going to go, he's going to go fight for my son. And yeah. he now just took his place. And you could do that. It was a legal thing. Eventually yeah. they got rid of that. Later in the war, come 1864, that shit was gone. Yeah. And next well, thing makes you know, wonder like, how many people were fighting for the South that didn't know what the fuck they were fighting they for. They didn't know what they were fighting for. Yeah. They were just fighting because I'm from the South, I'm from this state, and... You yeah, know, and there's a... Know, like any Loyalty thing, to, like, you know, loyalty to Georgia or whatever. Like, Georgia's fighting against the North. Like anything else, there's a certain amount of, like, brainwashing that goes along with it. Oh, yeah. And a lot of, like... Yeah. You know, some of the atrocities that occurred on the southern side are just, um, it's just, it's just crazy. So, like, you know, like how to feed the Confederate army, right? They didn't have it. You know, like they were cotton plantations. They weren't growing crops for the most part. Or so, how did they feed their armies? They would go in. Basically, I, I, I can't remember what it's called. Like, there's an actual like a ten percent rule, like. The Confederate Army was allowed to come and take 10% of your crop. If you're a corn farmer, right, you grew, you grew corn and sold it. The Confederate Army was entitled to come and take whatever they wanted from or 10% of it yeah. or whatever it was, a certain percentage of it. And <laughs> they could take it as they please, however, whatever they needed to feed their army. And it was just seen as your duty to provide for the United States. Yeah. But you worked hard for that. And that's what you're, that's your livelihood. That's how you make a living. Yep. And now they were just taking it as they saw fit. And a great movie on that is, um, oh, God, what's that, what's that movie with uh, Matthew McConaughey? <sighs> oh, um, Free State of Jones. Yeah. Free yeah. State of Jones, right? The whole reason that that was a re, that was a, a revolt that happened within the within Mississippi in 1862, right after the Battle of Corinth, the uh, Newt uh, what was his name Newt Newton or something like that. And he Newt he, Newton, Wayne great Newton. name, <laughs> it, it, it great was, name, bro. <laughs> something like that. I can't remember. I'm not, I'm, I'm not being completely factual here, but I'm just kind of summarizing. He uh, he basically saw all the injustices that were happening, you know, around his home state of Mississippi with the Confederate cavalry coming around, stealing all their corn, stealing everything that they had, and leaving these people were poor, man. They didn't have anything. They didn't have anything to begin with, but they were taking what little they had. And it was your duty to do yeah. it. And he said, screw that. And he started to band together all these different people that were defecting or they were leaving the army and deserters and things like that and created his own like little yeah. army a little guerrilla force that would go around and fucked up time man it was yeah it was, like it was a robin hood type situation you think but, about this and it was 150 years ago yeah not that long ago I'd say it's not that long really yeah. not that long ago you think about like look in the future 150 years yeah where's this country gonna be <laughs> scary and what's crazy is so it's so polarizing and so different between the north and the south. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's easy, it's very easy to side with the north because they didn't conscript the same way that they did in the south. They didn't steal from their own people to afford their war. They didn't impress upon their own people or upon their own rights. So they're basically the the Confederacy stood to stand up against freedom but in the same point were enslaving its own people literally with slaves and then kind of indirectly 
through its through stealing its people's things, conscripting them into the military and, and yeah. taking away their rights. So they were fighting for freedom, but yet taking away its complete freedom in the, yeah. in the same regard. Yeah. Just a fucked up situation. And that's why it's easy for me to be biased or to side with the union side of it because it was just jacked up, man. Like. Yeah to read in depth on some of these things and to study some of these things. I was just floored by, yeah. you know, well now I'm going to watch every, uh, civil war movie that's out there. There's not as many as you would think. Not as many there, there really isn't. Yeah. But I like Gettysburg. That's a good one. Getty, that's a good one to Glory. understand. Gettysburg. Glory is a great one, man. I love that. Yeah. The 54. Give him hell. 54. I, I actually, you know, kind of ironically, um, I went to basic training. I was in the second battalion, fifty fourth, uh, or so two five four infantry battalion, and it was second battalion of the fifty fourth infantry regiment. The fifty fourth was the fifty fourth, um, was the was the fifty fourth Maine, or I think it was Maine, um, which was the first black regiment in the in the Civil War or the premier. I wouldn't say I don't know if they were necessarily the first, but they were the, like the. They were like a showcase regiment for, um, for black soldiers. That's what the whole movie Glory is is yeah. surrounds is the fifty fourth regiment. And I was I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Like, you know, like I had watched Glory prior to going to basic training and stuff like that. I go to basic training. I'm in the fifty fourth, and I'm like two five four. You know, Echo Company two five four. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I don't know what the fuck that means, but whatever. <laughs> and, and, and then later on, I put it together. I'm like, shit, that's the same. I was in the same regiment. I went to basic training in the same regiment. With the lineage tied to the fifty fourth, yeah, you know, uh, Maine. So it's it's kind of uh, it's crazy, kind of cool, kind of cool in that regard. But yeah, so and again, what six hundred, six hundred thousand, six hundred fifty thousand, half a million uh, died in battle. Yeah, well, more, and, and then I think they uh, like another hundred and plus thousand died from starvation and cold and animals and shit like that yeah so yeah so that's uh, out of the what what did we say the the total was of total soldiers uh, 1.35 million 1.35 so million about 40 percent about 40 percent of those u.s yeah. casualties that ever died in conflict occurred during the united states yeah. civil war so that's why we wanted to, that's other. why we wanted to talk about the civil war was that yeah. it was a significant Part yeah. of this, and not only that, but it kind of uh, the the roots of Memorial Day come right. from the Civil War itself. So it's like yep. we know that from time to time we do these podcasts Eight, where we talk 18, history. So the so the Civil War ended in eighteen sixty five, and Memorial Day actually started in eighteen sixty eight. It was called Decoration Day. I thought there was something in eighteen sixty six that. 18, everything I read to eighteen eighty eight was Decoration Days when it started, and, or eighteen sixty eight. 1868, yeah, in Waterloo, New York, and then it wasn't changed to Memorial Day until 1971. Okay, yeah. So, in some states, actually, the some of the southern states they still honor the actual Decoration Day, which is May 30th, not necessarily the last Monday in May. Yeah, and then I also said that some states honor uh, Decoration Day on. Uh, different different days. I didn't realize, like uh, Robert E. Lee's birthday or something like that, is a day the, that the southern states do their own thing. Yeah. In the southern, in some of the southern states, they they celebrate um, they celebrate different days. And I think most of them are in April. And yeah. it's it's yeah, it might be Robert Crazy. E. Lee's birthday or it might be something related to uh, you yeah. know 
some kind of southern victory yeah. somewhere. But yeah, it all started there, so we wanted to spend some time to chat about it. Wow. Yeah. So the thing I'm into now, right, is um, the main thing that I'm studying now. Big are, butts and you cannot lie. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the uh, are the Indian Wars. <laughs> So the Indian Wars. See, that's that, a whole other. That that's occurred, a whole other thing. That occurred later. Dude, on. history. I, I'm with you. History is fascinating. Like to know what this country went through with the that whole side. Like before the Civil War. Like man, I love that shit. I love it. It's just fascinating what this country was. So there's the that period of time from 1865 on to you know 19. 19- 17 when the u.s yeah. entered world war one where there's a lot of conflict in between as well yeah. and uh especially that westward expansion i mean that's kind of the, the whenever we watch a western movie that's what we're watching right you know some cowboys fighting indians type thing and like i kind of wanted to dive into that and it's it's an i'm not studying it in school yeah. I, i'm just doing this on my own type thing and yeah. I, I i again i read on the stuff and independently kind of research you know, these kind of things. So I'm kind of into like the Western Indian wars right now with, between the Apaches, the, the Sioux, Comanche, Kiowa, uh, Cheyenne wars and things like that. I'm, podcast I'm kind that. of diving deep into some of this stuff. And I really am fascinated by some of the, we should start a separate it's not podcast good. called history with Bob. It's yeah. not, it's history not hour with Bob. I'll say that. I'll say this. <laughs> about the, I'll say hours. this about the Indian wars though. Like, you got to get back into doing your, it's not good. your, this, uh, this week in military history. Oh yeah, we haven't done that in a while. Yeah. How long do you want these podcasts to be, man? Like, I I can talk about this shit for days. Like, I, you were, I love you were doing stuff, it at the like, beginning of episodes, and then you just said, "Hey, I'm gonna stop doing it." Just do like a 15, yeah, 20 minute segment every every uh, every week. Yeah. I don't. Know. I don't know. If, like I don't know minutes. if people like it or not. You know, like like yeah, nobody we, said they did like it. Comment on it. Like, let, let us here, know. Like, here's hey, the thing. Uh, we want to hear more history shit. If you want to hear have more history ever, shit, I'll talk about it. Like, have we ever cared what about. our listeners think? You're going to get my spin <laughs> on it. It's not going to be all complete or factual. Like, I'll, you know, I can do some research, give you hardcore dates and stuff like that. But if you want my spin on it, like, I, I, I have like a pretty objective view on a lot of history. Like, yeah. the medieval history, that's my shit, man. That's my yeah. stuff. Like, Medieval Europe. So I'm saying History it. Hour with Bob. We'll do a separate podcast, air it on the same channel, but it'll be completely separate. Yeah, Terrible history with Bob. Terrible history. <laughs> yeah. Hey, motherfuckers, we're going to talk about some history and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So there. So I have in the past, like I, I you know, I'm I love history. So I'm, I'm, I'm. So I woke up a history podcast. That shit will put you to sleep. It is a cure for insomnia, man. Like if you are if you are having trouble sleeping one night, just throw on a history podcast and you will yep. fall asleep within minutes. I'm like, man, these motherfuckers are doing it wrong. Yep. I had a buddy that told me that because we talk about this shit at work and stuff. He's like, dude, you need to start. You should stream, all right? Because there's like some there's some different like games yeah. out there and PC games and stuff like that that I'm interested in the historical side of it. And he's like, you should stream these these historical games, the way you talk about history, he's like, people would love that shit because he's like, he's like you swear and you cuss. And like you, they would like that stuff, man. Cause you're getting like raw history. It's not like that. Yeah. It's not like you're reading out of a fucking textbook. It's like, yeah. you're just kind of regurgitating some shit, you know, that Ken Burns document documentary I've been watching. It's really tough. good. It's so good, but it, it's, it's fucking it's, terrible. Yeah. At well, same it, time, no, it, it's like, it's just, it, it's like good. You said, it, it is the cure for insomnia. Cause like I've been watching this shit for, weeks now and i make it about 30 minutes a night and i'm like i don't want i haven't watched it <laughs> not that it's not in, interesting it's just i haven't watched his voice Burns man one. it's just like so monotone and 
So that that is like well known as like one of the best documentaries about oh, yeah. the Civil War. Is the Ken Burns one, yeah. And he's got a couple other ones. He did on he did a Vietnam one too. Yeah, I've seen that one. I've, I think I've seen the Vietnam one, but the the Ken Burns one costs money. It's like it, it, like I can't find any way to find the shit. I signed up for the once I sign up for something on or whatever. Ama- I'm like, yeah, so I'm Amazon Prime it. has a channel. It's like three dollars a month for all PBS documentaries. Really? Yeah, and that's a PBS documentary. Or that's on the PBS well, channel. Shit. So I'm like, huh, there's a lot of shit on there yeah. for three bucks a month. I'm like, huh. mm. I, I will. Mm. I watch documentaries <laughs> all the time. Like, my wife like instantly falls asleep. But I'm all I, right. I so let's stuff. wrap this up, Bob. Ooh, final wrap comments. Up. A Memorial Day. Oh, final comments. Uh, I'm gonna again. Air, I'm going to air this on Sunday so people can listen to it over the weekend. Yeah. So, again, um, it's not necessarily uh, thank a veteran day. It's it's more meant to, um, you know, kind of reflect and be able to thank those who have made the, the ultimate sacrifice. There's no shortage of them, trust me. So um, I have uh, friends of mine that are that have personally paid that that. Uh, that ultimate sacrifice. So, um, to hear know, that story, listen to last year's yeah, Memorial yeah. Day episode. If you called want to get honor the, the fallen, if you want to get into uh, some of the nitty gritty on some of that stuff, it'll tug ahead. at the heartstrings. It will, you know, go back and listen to that one. But, um, but yeah, so I, I just want to say, um, you know, thanks to, to all the, uh, you know, the, the, people out there that have made the uh, the ultimate sacrifice and the families that survived them um that continue to live on their legacy i uh, you know we appreciate everything that you do and uh we salute you so to that i will say snark i dig it dan final comments uh in the words of captain jason i got nothing and snark it spells over there going, what the fuck? <laughs> she's got, she got the headphones on. What's that? She's got the headphones on. She's, yeah. she's knee-deep in some Sims right now. Um, I got nothing. As Bob Bob said it perfect. So remember yeah. this uh, this weekend is not you know National Barbecue Weekend. It's remembering those who paid that ultimate sacrifice. So we're going to end it with a snort and um, you know the saddest song on earth. So... Snort. Let them take their snort. Dan's <laughs> gonna take the corner. Take the corner. Get it. Yeah, boy. Get outdoors and don't be terrible. <laughs> <laughs>